Talk Live. You can join the show here. You can bring up absolutely anything you want to discuss. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us online. All you got to do is head over to freetalklive.com, and you can enjoy the features we have for you there. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. And joining you here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. Uh, we got stuff to talk about in a variety of different subjects, as usual here tonight. Coming up, the SEC and their latest attack. New week, new attack on uh, some aspect of the cryptocurrency industry. Well, everyone needs a hobby, right? And this seems to be the SEC's hobby. Well, this is their job. Their yeah. job is they get paid. You don't get paid to do your hobby, right? Okay, fair. Uh, you get paid to do a job, and their job is to, right now, it seems to be destroy the cryptocurrency industry as you know decimate it as much as possible they can't ban it but they can make it really really uncomfortable to be in that business but i mean i guess in theory they could ban it but they probably don't have the constitutional authority to get away with banning it and it would probably be overturned it would probably get more like people talking about it like did you know that they made this bill but people who aren't in crypto don't even hear about these sec things yeah americans don't like it when things are banned outright like even tiktok they've spent years working up you know fear and fud fear uncertainty and doubt about TikTok and this allegation oh, yeah. that is somehow rele- you know, owned by the Chinese government. And even then, Americans are still resistant to the idea of banning TikTok. Uh, speaking of TikTok, that was in the news this weekend, as a matter of fact, as Montanan lawmakers voted to completely ban TikTok in the states. How, the he- how does that work? Now, I suspect the ban is on the platforms, right? Because... The odds that they're going to uh, target individuals for having TikTok or using TikTok seems to be pretty low. That's absolutely uh, disgusting, though. It is your right as a human being to use this app if you want to use it. You would think. Uh, and, and again, maybe this is going to get overturned. But also at the same time, we know at the national level they're proposing something that's even worse, which is the Restrict Act. Uh, which I think you guys talked about on a recent episode on Wednesday night, if you I did. recall correctly. Uh, which, which I'm just surprised they're not calling it the Free and Open Internet Act, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's like the first time yeah. that they've ever actually been res- you know, honest with the acronym that they're well, using. Well, I think that the idea is supposed to be like, we're restricting bad China. things. Yeah, yeah, China and hackers, no. I don't know. No, the only thing they're restricting is your rights. That's your, correct. Your right to express yourself and to consume the content that you enjoy and love. Correct. By the way, uh, I don't think we said who we are. It's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Arya. And we did. We did. All right. Thank you. No worries. Uh, I'm glad someone's paying attention. So Montana, according to CBS News, has become the first state as of last week to pass legislation banning TikTok on all personal devices, sending the legislation to Governor Greg Gianforte prohibiting TikTok from operating within state lines and barring app stores from offering TikTok for download. Okay. That I, seems like the way that they're going to be able to do it. Yeah, I see how they could do the latter, but I mean, TikTok doesn't operate in Montana, so like that's meaningless. Well, maybe they would be required to block Montana IP addresses from being okay. able to use yep. their TikTok system. Would? Well, that's the thing. It's like, I guess TikTok does have a U.S. Uh, subsidiary, right? So sure. they're a Chinese company, but they have a U.S. version of themselves in order to 
be legal or something. I don't know how all that works, but I don't either. kind of like in the same way that Binance, the international Bitcoin exchange, has a Binance.us uh, exchange. But that said, they're still targeting the international Bitcoin exchange with a lawsuit from the CFTC, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. So I don't know what it really matters, whether you have a U.S. affiliate or not. Which which U.S. state is it that's relatively free toward cryptocurrency that has like... Wyoming. Regular? Okay, never mind. I, I confused it with Montana because they're both like Midwestern... I yeah, Midwestern next door neighbors, aren't they? Yeah. It seems like they would be. Yeah. The legislation marks the furthest step yet by a state government to restrict TikTok over perceived security concerns and comes as some federal lawmakers have called for a national ban of TikTok. Lawmakers in Montana's House voted 54 to 43 to give final approval to the bill. Oh, apparently the governor hasn't signed it. Well, that's good. Maybe he'll veto it. I, I don't have much faith in, you know, the U.S. political system, but... I will say that I like governors having the ability to veto legislation. Yeah, when they actually do it. Right, because most legislation should be vetoed. I I can think of very few laws that I'm like, you know what, that's a good law. Right. Well, the only laws that are good are the ones that that abolish the other ones, right? The ones (laughs) that overturn the the bad ones. But banning TikTok, go ahead. When does he get to look at vetoing it? I don't know. Um, It's going to be on his desk shortly, I presume, if if not already. Uh, the legislation specifically names TikTok as the target of the bill and outlines uh, potential penalties of $10,000 per violation per day that would apply to any app store in addition uh, to have found violating the law. Individual users of TikTok would not be penalized for accessing TikTok. Well, that's good because you'd probably be putting one-third of your state in prison. Yeah. Okay. So they know they can't do that. This reminds me of like banning the Beatles music back yeah. in like yeah. the 60s or something because they're bringing that that commie rock and roll into America right. and we have it's to stop that. Music. They, I don't know. Did they even think about doing that back then? I don't, I don't know. know. There probably was. I mean, there was those Beatles album burns. I think it was church. mostly just churches. like parents and Karens. Churches or whatever. Definitely like whole churches and... But Led the, Zeppelin was also, they were very against Led Zeppelin as well for being demonic devil worshippers or whatever. But I think the point you're making here is that the popularity level is like on the level of the Beatles, right? Like the big, because these days. I was days, actually just thinking about how it's, it feels like a bunch of old geriatric boomers going, these kids and their social media platforms, we're banning those. They can use Facebook though. Right. But think about how insanely popular the Beatles were back then. I mean, there yeah, there weren't true. as many bands as there are now. There weren't as many different genres of music as there are now. I don't think you can ever have a Beatles ever again. There can never be, like, the one band to dominate them all. Yeah, That's because for over. one thing, it's like there's too many genres. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's it's too... Music has become too subdivided amongst categories and fandoms and, and things like that. So I think I'll agree with that. And, like, uh, Gone with the Wind was, the, was a movie of the same caliber back in the day. Yes. Uh, so my point here is that you know, TikTok, what is it, like a third of Americans or something? It's, it's, it's an insane number. I don't know what that the number is, but, but it's a large number of people. TikTok became, I don't know if it still is, but I think it was like within the last year or two, TikTok became the number one website online. It defeated Google. That's insane. I've never used the website. I, yes, I did. I did go there to upload a video. Maybe they wow, count the I app. I never have. Maybe oh, they count the app say. as well amongst how they do that. Get those numbers. I'm not. I'm not sure. But like, what they found was that Generation Z, maybe some of the millennials, they're using TikTok as their search engine. Wow, so when they're looking that's crazy. For, so when they're looking for some information or whatever, they just search TikTok. 
I guess so, I would do that for some things. Like if I wanted to find out if a certain makeup product was good, I'd probably look on TikTok or YouTube before Google. But I wouldn't like Google like, can you store an onion in the fridge on TikTok? So that's crazy. That. That, yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't the, think that you'd get a good result as uh, good as Google. But this is the equivalent to me. I think the, my interpretation of what you were saying, even though it wasn't your intention, was that this would be like banning the Beatles in that the Beatles were super popular. And the government is saying to the people that elected them that they shouldn't be able to use this thing that they love to use. I know. It's actually really sad for people in Montana. I'm just thinking of like people in Montana who have happening like TikTok, like either just using it to watch things or actually uploading things are just going to have to either move or stop their hobby. Maybe use a VPN. That might be a way around this uh, to continue using TikTok. But for those people that don't know what a VPN is or they don't want to pay for it or understand how to use it, I mean, it's not the most complicated thing in the world, but it's an it's an extra layer of complexity yeah. added to your internet experience. What's I mean, gonna you happen- should learn how to use a VPN anyway, though. You should. But what's going to happen to those people is... The TikTok app is going to continue to be on their device. It's not going to, just by telling the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store that they cannot allow Montanans to use or to download the app, will not, pro, will not delete the app from people's phones. So the app will continue to be where, wherever it is installed. However, anyone who gets a new phone is not going to be able to download the app fresh. Or if it like updates it. Not through the Google Play Store or whatever, but it's key to know, as my understanding of this law, and I'm not a legal expert, and I'm not even a Montana resident, so Mm -hmm. take all this with a grain of salt, is that the people out there in Montana who are using TikTok and installing TikTok and updating TikTok won't be violating the law. It sounds like Google. Although no updates will likely ever come out ever again. Right, unless they update directly from TikTok.com or through an online browser or whatever. Which also, are they going to ban TikTok.com as well? Are they going to order all internet service providers to uh, block access to a particular website, which would be pretty unheard of This is sounding so States. hard to implement that it just sounds like, it makes me think that the governor is going to veto it. Hmm. Unless I'm, it's like really popular and he thinks they'll get him reelected or something. I don't know how hard it would be to necessarily implement. Like, New Hampshire only has maybe a dozen total internet service providers. And it it would be relatively easy for the government to say, hey, you have to ban these domains. What if they just say, okay, I'm leaving Montana? Well, that would solve the problem, at least for the moment, until the federal government takes up this particular mantle with the yeah, restrict well, that's act. a whole different see this is why thing. it was against the ukrainian government you know being not free but prohibiting russia today and other countries mm-hmm. in the european union prohibiting russia today from being searchable by their residents by right. the by their citizens because that, that's just the first step of this if you justify it in one scenario because oh russia is bad and we have to stop people from reading russian propaganda then it's a very small step to TikTok to Google, to YouTube, to whatever platform they want to use to control what information you have access to. And that's very scary, terrifying for the supposed land of the free, the supposed freedom of speech here in the United States. Let's go to uh, Crichton. He's on the line in Kentucky. Crichton, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Hi, I, I wanted to talk about something else that has come sure. up on this show before. Yeah. And it, something occurred to me. Um, the, the city is being built in Saudi Arabia called The Line. Um, oh, I've heard about I'm this. Pretty, Can you define, yes, describe what this is for listeners who have never heard of it, which is probably most people? The, the line is a pet project of Prince Salman of, of Saudi Arabia that creates a, a 
deliberately artificial city that is 500 meters wide, 500 meters tall, and arbitrarily long. I believe that they're planning on 170 kilometers long, but it, and that's not the important part. Okay. The important part is that it's that the city is straight, and it's built between two massive walls, 500 meters apart and 500 meters tall. Um, and the outside of these walls are supposed to be mirrored to deflect the horrible sun of the hmm. desert. Um, but it occurred to me just the other day, and I looked it up and verified it, that the, the design constraints of inside this the, the line to create the urban environments inside the line are remarkably similar to the same design constraints one would have if, if one was trying to design inside of a Stanford Taurus. A what? One of the standard uh, Stanford space station design. A Stanford what? Taurus. Taurus? Taurus. I don't know what that Why? is. Why? What's the importance of that? The importance of that is, is that I believe that this is an experiment, a grand social experiment to see what would happen to people. Is it the prince up front about it being an experiment? Like, didn't you lead off with this as an experiment by the prince? It's an experiment by the prince, but he doesn't really talk about it being necessarily a prelude to space travel. Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, certainly that's what people want in the long run. I think there's a large number of people that would be interested in in living in space. I don't think there's anything devious uh, about this. My understanding of the the line concept, not having looked deeply into it, but I did watch a video on it sometime last year. You know, like a promo video where they were explaining it. And uh, and did it say how tall the city was supposed to be? Yes, it's 500 meters tall. 500 meters wide. 500 meters, that's what, like 1,500 feet tall, roughly? Okay. I don't know what your typical building height is, but my understanding of the proposal here was that this was supposed to be like one of those, I don't know if 15-minute city is the right terminology, where supposedly everything you need would be within like a short walk from your house. So like the city is intended to be very vertical, very compressed, in that you wouldn't have to go very far to go to the grocery store or something like that. See, this is the problem with billionaires, man. This dude should just install SimCity on his computer and spend this time playing a video game (laughs) where he's not hurting anyone. He's not wasting billions of dollars on this nonsense. I know, but it's stupid. Let him throw the money at him. Is this government funded at all, Crichton? He's a prince. Oh, yes, it is. Uh, yes, it is. Okay, that changes um, it. Well, it's, heavily it's still his money because, you know, he's a Saudi Arabian prince, and they're the ones who own the, all the oil. So, right. Well, I just think, think, there. It's I think, hard to separate uh, Prince Solomon's money and Saudi Arabia's money. Okay, they're, they're fair enough. It's, it'll be interesting to see where Saudi Arabia is at in, like, 20 years or something because they've been westernizing on purpose in a way, like... In their colleges now, men and women aren't separated in classrooms, and like you mm. can find videos online of people finally being allowed to travel there who weren't allowed to travel there before, like from certain countries. And you know the people they talk to are like, "Oh, America! I mean, Saudi Arabia is so great. I used to live in Canada, and it feels a lot like Canada now. And like we're we're getting so progressive. I don't know. I think it's interesting to see what where they'll be at in like twenty years. They're also doing a different 
city project. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. I think it starts with a Q. And it's like a big square thing. And it will Where is this? Saudi have Arabia? 15, yeah. It'll okay. have 15 minute cities or whatever in it. Hmm. The, the, it'll be a big square that has cities on the top of it or something. I don't remember. See, just as, I mean, I, I want to just reiterate that point again. Just install SimCity, man. That, that's clearly what this guy wants to do. Minecraft. Yeah. Well, maybe he does, maybe he's such a Minecraft fan or Sims fan. There's a pitch behind this thing as to why it's a good idea. I don't have that, the bullet points right, with, I don't with remember me right now. About the line. Uh, Crichton, can you kind of sum up what the advocates are saying for this thing? And are you an advocate of this? Or, you know, what are you, where are you coming from? Well, I'm kind of an advocate for the idea that it, that the information gleaned from this project could be applied to uh, space habitat mm-hmm. in the sense that the, these tight design constraints of putting these people living like this in a urban, a naturalized urban environment is what it essentially is trying to be. It's an artificially naturalized city is what it is in a straight mm-hmm. line. If, if, if we can't do it on Earth and in the harshest environments on Earth, then we certainly can't do it in space either. Mm-hmm. So if in 20 years this city is thriving, then when we have to put people in, in space habitats for other purposes, we have an entire population to draw from that are used to that kind of living. But if, if it completely destroys itself and fails to anarchy, then we know that we can't do it. Fails to anarchy. I think a lot of us would consider that a success. A win. Fails to anarchy in the sense that, that well, not chaos, anarchy like we want it. Well, chaos doesn't mean anarchy. That's just misusing the word anarchy. But that's tangent. I'm sorry. It's I misspoke. Okay. It's okay. Um, one thing I do want to say about uh, Saudi Arabia is I got really interested and wanted to go there so bad when my friend went there for the his Hajj. I just wanted to go there so bad because it looked so pretty. Mm-hmm. And for one thing, I found out I can't go to Medina because I... I didn't know you have to be Muslim, but the other can, thing... You can go to some places in Saudi Arabia, just not the Muslim holy Yeah, places. not the really pretty place okay. that I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing is my friend who's Pakistani who went there, he told me it was the most racist place he's ever been in his life. Wow. It's, it's been heavily westernized as well, as I understand it. Like, they tore down one of the Prophet Muhammad's companions' house and literally erected a McDonald's there instead. So, I mean... Mecca, the Holy Land, it's been completely decimated by the the chasing of Western culture. I do have the website here from, uh, I don't know what this is, neom, N-E-O-M, dot com. It is promoting the line here, and it calls it the future of urban living, a civilizational revolution that puts humans first, providing an unprecedented urban living experience while preserving the surrounding nature. I mean, it makes sense, right, if you had the resources available to like plan a city from mm-hmm. the beginning because look at the city of Boston it's a mess of yeah. roads going everywhere and nothing's laid out in a neat organized way but if you could plan it from the very beginning to meet everyone's needs then that would obviously be ideal if if you can yeah if, if you, you could can. but i don't think human i think humans are unfit for that level of well, and see, this is where I disagree with you on this, Arya. I don't think this is just this guy should just play SimCity. I don't like the fact that it's government funded, but uh, you know, it is what it is. And so, people do need to try new things as far as organizing uh, humans. Whether this can be done, whether this can be centrally planned, I tend to not think central planning works very well. But 
experiments need to be uh, need to happen. And I, their idea here is no roads, no cars, uh, no emissions. They claim it will run on 100% renewable energy, and 95% of land will be preserved for nature. People's health and well-being will be prioritized over transportation and infrastructure, unlike traditional cities. Only 200 meters wide, but 170 kilometers long, and 500 meters above sea level. How do they get their water, like drinking water? Because they don't have any lakes or rivers. Uh, This shows that it will be backing up against some sort of water body. So perhaps there'll be, I don't know if it's a saltwater body or or what, but... They could also use like artesian wells like they do in Vegas and other deserts. I presume they... Go ahead, Crichton. What's that? One end... One end starts at the ocean, so they have they actually have a port. But mm-hmm. the vast majority of that 170 kilometers is open desert. Mm. So when they say it's reserved for nature, there's no real nature there. There's just sand. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I mean, the, Vegas proved there. that you can take a desert and you can build an incredibly successful city in the middle of nowhere with no real natural resources whatsoever. And to be honest, I prefer the grid-like Western cities, mm-hmm. roads, so much to, like, Manchester, New Hampshire. It's like an accident. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> well, in this case, you wouldn't have roads, according to the uh, the story here. You well, would, yeah. Uh, now, you know, whether you would, what you would do if you had to go a distance in this line is not clear, but I guess the intention is that you wouldn't have to. I mean, what if you, you you also couldn't meet your soulmate, you know, 10 kilometers down mm, because you'd have literally no, no way, way to, to travel there. them. You're insulated. There, There is supposed to be an integrated high-speed rail. Uh, okay. okay. That makes I just think sense. it sounds like it'd get boring like Mark's Island. The line will eventually accommodate, they say, 9 million people and will be built on a footprint of just 34 square kilometers. This will mean a reduced infrastructure footprint, creating never-before-seen efficiencies in city functions. And there's also, like, Dubai that, like, they were like, we're going to make these little island-fingered things, and they're, like, ruining, like, the nature there, and it's just falling into the ocean, if you know what I'm talking about. Crichton, uh, I'm not sure, but Crichton, thank you for the call tonight, uh, and appreciate you bringing this up. And if you can clarify that in a moment, Bonnie, that I'd be fine to learn more about that as well. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. If you want to comment on this idea of the line, would you move there? This is Free Talk Live. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis, but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open. 
bring up whatever you want to talk about. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Our very own Mark Edge is going to be heading back to Prague this fall. It sounded like you said Arya and Mark Edge. I don't think Arya is going to be going to this event. No, I don't either, but I I'm just... I'm going to assume not. I think you said our own, but it didn't sound like that. Nope, it's going to be Mark Edge. He's going back to the Free Cities Conference. Uh, he attended that last year. He spoke there last year and will be speaking there again this year. Uh, there's going to be representatives from these self-governing territories that are purported to uphold individual rights and freedoms. Projects in the U.S., Honduras, Germany, and Norway will be joining the conference to share updates on their progress and explain why you should consider moving to or doing business in a free city. It's going to be happening October 14th and 15th in Prague. It's the Liberty in Our Lifetime conference. You can use code FTL to save 10% on your tickets. Just visit lifetime, sorry, libertyinourlifetime.org, and you'll find out more there, and you can get registered. Again, that's in Prague, October 15th, 14th and 15th for libertyinourlifetime.org. Use code FTL. Save 10% if you can go. I like right. lifetimeliberty.com better. It was just a shorter URL. Do they gonna- have that one? I don't know. It used to be their URL. It seems oh, like really? they changed it. Like last year, it was lifetimeliberty.com. I'm going to shoot Mark a message by, hey, you need to buy this domain again because it was better. Liberty in our lifetime.org. Check that one out. All right. So we're looking at this line concept that uh, we weren't going to talk about, but phones are open. Anyone yep. can call in and bring up anything. And Crichton had uh, in Kentucky brought this one up, which I was already somewhat familiar with. I don't remember where I saw it. I think I think somebody just posted the video, like the promo video, on social media and like, oh, what a stupid idea. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's a stupid idea. I, I don't support people being forced to pay for this. I don't. I hope they're not going to force people to live in it because then it'd be like a prison colony. So <laughs> presumably they're well, going to. It's walled in as well, right? It is. See that? That's where you would lose me, like for sure. Mm-hmm. Even if it's the freest place on earth, no thank you, it's a giant prison cell. That, that's why I feel about Mark's Island, too. It's like I don't want to not be able to just be like, I'm going to drive to you 100 miles away if I mm-hmm. want to. The issue with Mark's Island isn't necessarily that it's walled. I mean, there may be walls there, but they're very much to protect you from outside cultures. It's that if you leave to go shopping someplace outside of the walls, then you're in danger. You're thinking, you're confusing two of Mark's projects. Oh, okay. One is the island, which is not walled in any way, shape, or form. But okay, yeah, the I island wasn't just saying, ha- has nothing on it. I didn't mean it was literally walled. I just meant like, oh, if this is like this the only place is. I have, I am going to go crazy. Right. And the- I feel the same way about a walled city. But just to clarify, Mark's got two things he's doing. He's got his island thing, which is populated on, an, on the island. There are people other people that live there it's you know it's it's a beachfront kind of property yeah but it's an island and there's not it's a, not a large one either so there's that and then there's the walled property in the mainland of honduras and that one is called ciudad morazan and that is a hundred something acre walled property that's the one where when you walk outside the gate you're in chaloma which is the most dangerous place in the world for women correct so that's like another place i would just never ever go yeah that's a terrible idea so I anyway mean, that, that's the only place you're going to find one of these governments willing to, like, lease you 100 acres for you to build your little paradise. Because no one wants to be there otherwise. Right. It, it's somewhere where, you know, it's the most dangerous place on earth for women. So, Welcome. Back <laughs> to, uh, you were talking something about, Bonnie, uh, this 
some sort of islands? They're called or the what? Palm Islands. And here, let me show you a picture really fast because you've probably seen this before. Just no, like it looks like a palm this. tree, but it's just a, a row of st- a straight fingers uh-huh. coming off a, an artificial archipelago. Okay. The world's first. This and and is there's in multiple Dubai? of them in Dubai or United Emirates, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, it says Dubai here. And uh, when you look at them far away, it's kind of cool. It looks like a palm tree stamp or something in the middle of the ocean. Not the middle, coming off of the side of the beach. And what are beach. on these islands? But when you look up close, it's just a straight line of like cookie cutter McMansion mm. suburban. And I don't like it. Uh, I, I think that I, I don't like that part in general. So it's residential? I've heard, yeah, it's residential. Mm-hmm. What I've heard is like it's bad because they didn't think. They didn't consider some things, so like stuff is happening to them, and they can't like get the right equipment there to fix things because of the shape. Mm. I mean, it sounds like that. That's exactly what I would expect, and I would expect similar things to happen in the line. Is humans are not good at planning things, and and we're certainly not good at expecting adversity and planning for adversity and unexpected things to happen. It says one of the problems is. The islands have been yet to be completed in some places, abandoned projects, and the sea reclaiming its space. So, like, the sea has been, like, just taking it back mm. in some of them. Okay. But it says, Dubai is, even so, Dubai is not giving up its, uh, giving up and is confident that despite the delay, its dream will become a reality. So, I don't know. I don't know if it's a complete failure. I just had heard things about it being a failure. Well, they're going to keep throwing money at it, regardless. I mean, at least for the foreseeable future. If nothing else, they have a lot of sunken, money. sunken cost fallacy. Same thing with Saudi Arabia. They have lots of money. Yep. So back to this line thing. They're, they're claiming here that there will be a, quote, ideal climate all year round. Now, remember, this thing's going to be in the desert. So somehow they're going to try to engineer it. And maybe this has to do with the mirrors on the outside of this that are purportedly designed to block some of the sunlight. or But I don't think that's going to, like, re- maybe it'll reduce some of the heat, but it's certainly still going to be hot there. Um, so I'm not sure what exactly their plan is to keep the, the climate growable. Because the way that this thing is imaged, you can see, like, the artist's rendering of what this is supposed to look like. Right. And it's lush. There's a lot of trees in the line. Like, basically... There's a ton of growth of of trees in this property. And trees need sunlight. Toward the top. So on the top of it, yes. Well, it's, they're going to get plenty of sunlight if they're on the top of uh, of the line. Basically. So the people living in the line, they, they're living in like a giant cube? Well, it's not for a lack cube. Of better, well, it's not cube shape, but I mean, it's yeah. it's a box. It's they're a they're living inside box, of a box. A long rectangular box. So you is, don't get any actual sunlight living in this box maybe you'll get some i, I don't know maybe did, there will be some sunny areas and some uh shady areas from the trees did they by the chance top. learn about this model of city planning by final fantasy 7 <laughs> why is there something like that yeah it's game? called midgar is where the town is where the game begins where you're basically inside one of these cities where you there's no sun because you have a giant plate over your head is there a top like that because that would i would absolutely not be able to live without the sun that's I what it sounds know. like. I, I have no idea. What there may be some like. some windows or something to let it through, but if you do that, then you just end up with like a greenhouse effect going on. Yeah. It sounds like a terrible idea. I mean, I would not want to live there based Somebody's on what I'm pouring hearing. Somebody's pouring money into this, though, and it's open for investment, apparently, as well. I don't know what this Neom company is, but it obviously has something to do with the development 
of this thing. If you've been following this thing closely and you want to uh, you know, weigh in, the number is 603-283-6160. It does look open, thank God, because otherwise that would be absolutely crazy. It looks like it's walled on both sides, but it has no top. At least mm-hmm. according to this picture I found right when I typed in right, the line Right, that's why design. there's the trees that are coming out the, the top of the thing. Oh, that's uh, cool. Essentially. Okay, yeah. So yeah, that's like, what we were asking. If there's like a ceiling and no sun, that would suck. No, no, no. no. It looks like there are... Too. It would function as a ceiling in places, but it's certainly not like straight across all the way. It's more like balconies mm-hmm. over your head with trees growing on them, which could be pretty and it could you know work, but... I kind of like the mirror... Speaking of being claustrophobic, though, I yeah. I could not do it. Yeah, they're saying this thing is only going to be 200 meters wide. So weird. So it's crazy looking. 600 feet, right? Two football fields. It's in a football field. What is that? 100 meters? 100 yards. 100, 100 yards. Okay. Okay. Only two football fields. Oh, oh, fields wide. How many okay. meters in a yard? I don't know. Uh, it's about. Three. Oh, wait. How many meters in a yard? No, I don't know. <laughs> There's like 1.5. No, that's that's 2.5 centimeters. Isn't very large. Whatever the hell it is, right? Like that's not. I mean, they're basically equivalent, right? Obviously, meters and yards aren't the same length, but you know, mentally, you can interchange them, and it's going to be about accurate. Okay, so 200 meters is like a tenth or a twelfth of a mile. It's not a very long, not a very long distance, right? And I can't conceptualize what a twelfth of a mile is anyway, so it's kind of. Not important, but it's, it's not small. very big, yeah. and I would feel claustrophobic living in this space with a 200 meter tall wall behind me and a 200, or the wall is 500 meter. I don't remember now. The- I think there are a lot of people though who are going to want to live in this place. I mean, the way they're pitching it is super environmental friendly and all that. That's that's going to hit a lot of people's. Uh, you know, it's a sales point for for a lot of people. It's definitely an interest for a lot of people out there right now. What if ships drive right into it because it's like. Blends in with the the water. <laughs> I suspect they'll have uh, lights or something. lighthouses or something like that on there. I mean, that is a realistic problem, though, because back in the day, one of the reasons we lost so many planes at sea was because once you get out there, it's kind of impossible to tell the difference between the ocean and the, and sky. the sky. That's scary. They claim that everything will be accessible within a five-minute walk. And an efficient public transport network will offer an end-to-end journey, meaning you can go from one end of the line all the way to the other end in just 20 minutes. This means no small oh. businesses. Oh, no. They're saying this will be very attractive uh, to small businesses. Then, takes- then everything can't be available within a five-minute walk. Because if you have that as small businesses, then you have a mom-and-pop store here called Aria Shop that you mm-hmm. can't get to with a five-minute walk from somewhere down on the other side. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're clearly being... Uh, it's a sales pitch, right? Like, everything is probably not really accurate. If you yeah. can go from one side to the other in 20 minutes, it's way too small. But I suspect what they mean by that is you can get food, you can get the things you need to sustain yourself within a five-minute walk. Uh, they say automated services will be powered by artificial intelligence. Amenities in close proximity will mean residents see family and friends often through spontaneous encounters. What are you supposed to do for work in this place? That's what I was thinking, too. Like, how do you find work there unless you, like, get money on the internet? Yeah, you've got to be independently wealthy already. Is this guy Mark? Is this Prince Mark? Uh, it's Prince somebody with a lot of... Some, whoever these guys are, they obviously have a lot of money. And the question is, if you build it, will they come in this particular case? And I guess we're going to find out. I don't know when this thing is expected to be completed. I don't know if they've even begun it yet. This... 
you know, website has posts from like summertime of 2022. So I think this is still in the investment phase. We may be, you know, another decade or, or so away from this thing becoming a reality. But if one, they ever start it. Yeah, it's one to keep an eye on. It's definitely an interesting proposal. So the number, if you want to join us here, 603-283-6160. We another were thing about Dubai or not Dubai, Saudi Arabia is they don't have, you're not allowed to have any alcohol. Ooh, Yeah. Really? So who's going to want to just move there out from outside of, you know... Well, anybody straight edge that uh, cares about not having cars and stuff around? Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it will completely fail. In which case, at least I didn't have to pay for it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so we were talking about the TikTok ban. I feel like we kind of covered that. If you, Again, if you want to weigh in, you're welcome to join us here at 603-283-6160. In other news, Aria, I know you had some financial... Uh, updates here with a bunch of money leaving the united states economy i did a trillion dollars apparently let's hear about that well uh it's leaving the banking system as america risks global economic isolation according to hank paulson who is the former u.s treasury secretary he believes panic in the banking sector is not over and that the first recession since 2007 may be inevitable. I can't believe people are still arguing about whether or not a recession is coming or whether or not we're in one. If even, It's crazy. Okay, well, first of all, even the Federal Reserve chairman apparently admitted that there's a recession on the horizon at this point. So, like, We're in a recession. Well, yes, we are, but, but there now is, they're admitting yeah. it. Okay. And they were denying it last year. So if we're in a recession right now and things are already this bad, imagine how much worse it's going to be when we're in what they call a recession. recession. Yeah, Yeah. good point. In a new interview with the Financial Times, Paulson says depositors appear to have pulled about $1 trillion out of the banking system so far this year, and it's only mid-April. Paulson says that small and regional banks are now focused on protecting their capital and tightening their lending services, which will likely roll the economy over into recession. So they're lending less likely to lend out money, presumably. And they are uh, lending out less. There's a story I've been sitting on for like the last week here that says U.S. bank lending contracted by the most on record in the last two weeks in March. So that's already it. it's already the case. And that's because of the raised interest rates that the right. Federal Reserve has been doing. It's just not as it's not as uh, attractive to take out a loan right now. If you want to start your own business or invest in the line out in in uh, in Saudi Arabia or whatever, it's not a good time to get a loan. No, because you're going to end up paying a higher interest rate Correct. to pay the, back that money. The capital markets shut down for two or three weeks. Now they're opening, but not to the extent they were. So I think it's pretty likely we'll see a recession if you look at what's happening to credit, he said. And I don't know... What most of that actually means. The capital market shut down for two or three weeks. I I don't know what he hmm. means. Yeah, I, I mean either. Paulson predicts traditional forms of borrowing and lending will shift outside of the regulated banking system, which he believes could spark further uncertainty and potential panic. And this is... What does that mean? Private loans? Yeah, this is really sloppy writing from Daily Hodel here. Because that... What, what does any of that mean? Uh, it would be useful to know. I, I would assume... They're referring to the crypto lending stuff that's been going on, the Hmm. decentralized finance stuff that's been going on. Well, the government's targeting them now. Well, of course they are. I mean, they're targeting everything that, you know, they can't control. And amid a bleak economic outlook, Paulson says global economic isolation is now a serious risk for the United States. And this is why I brought this in, because... That's a, that's a real concern right now. With what the, does that even mean, though? Global economic isolation. People is turning away from the U.S. dollar, not wanting the U.S. dollar, not wanting okay. to deal with with okay. Americans. I, I mean, I think that 
if or when the U.S. dollar loses its status as the reserve currency of the world. It seems to be doing so. There, there's some steps that are being taken in that direction, that's for sure. And we've covered some of those in recent weeks. But uh, when that happens, I don't think that's going to mean that the U.S. will become an isolationist nation. I mean, we still need to trade with people. We still need to buy things from China and wherever else, Pakistan, etc. So well, it, I don't think the U.S. will intentionally become an isolationist nation by any means, but... All the United States has to offer countries like China and Russia is the U.S. dollar. So we we know we're well, not. I mean, ex- we can be customers without the dollar, right? Like you can still. Well, what do Americans have to 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 trade for these things? We're still fairly wealthy, all things considered. So if if China says we don't we don't want dollars anymore, then you just convert the dollars to yuan or whatever, and then you buy the Chinese products with yuan. But they don't want the dollars. So why would they trade them into yuan for you? Somebody will. Maybe. I, I, I think they're right, though, and I, I could see how it could become sort of an economic isolation hmm. because I don't, I, I don't know if the Chinese are going to want the U.S. dollar. But That's anyway, point. the Chinese are arguing that the U.S. is trying to contain them, and the Chinese people definitely believe that. Well, the U.S. government has been saying that for decades. And even if the U.S. government isn't saying it, Americans are absolutely convinced that China can't be allowed to surpass the United States technologically mm-hmm. or financially or militarily. So Americans, uh, the, the statist Americans, are absolutely trying to contain the rise of China. They're putting out to the world and to American CEOs that China is open for business again. That's the Chinese government. Mm-hmm. If America goes too far in curtailing trade and investment with China and we go far beyond what our allies and partners want to do, the rest will be... The result will be to isolate the United States, and I don't know yeah. if I. Agree I, I think with that, that would be a bad thing. Yeah. If you if you see uh, the U.S. government pushing back too hard against China, especially if it comes to intervening in Taiwan and that situation, which could become a military conflict, pot- potentially escalating into World War Three, then yeah, you better believe it's going to be economic isolation because so much of what uh, people in the United States buy comes from China. Whether they want to admit it or not, you know, there's a good chance that a lot of these flag-waving uh, U.S. Um, made in America people have no idea the extent of the products from which you mean are the ones who China. wave little flags, made American flags that are made in China. Yeah, the, exactly, those people. This is a dangerous situation. I have a concern that Congress is underestimating the relative power of China, the permanence of China, and China's relationship with so many other countries. And I don't know if I agree with that or not, but Americans in general certainly underestimate the relative power of China and Russia. Americans had this peculiar American superiority mindset. And I I guess most countries have this to some extent, but with America, it's like bad. Yeah, it's ethnocentrism. Like whenever I see, well, that's like an ethnicity, right? But Mm. I don't know what it is for a nation, but Mm. um the thing that I think is so weird is whenever you go to like a clothing website or whatever website to buy something and it has this like proudly made in America label, it's like, okay, I, I, clothing that doesn't made make in me, America? yeah, there are things like that. And it's wow. just like, that's weird. It's like saying, I hate the poor people of Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. It's not like I would be like, ew, made in Vietnam. It's just people who don't understand economics. They don't understand that like every Vietnamese, just as an example, woman making like sewing the seams on your shirt isn't there as a slave and probably is really freaking happy to have the job she has or else she would be doing something else she would be likely working on a farm which is where a lot of people came from uh at least certainly in china this is the case where 
they were just barely eking out a living farming the land. And then these industrial opportunities came up and they went into the cities and they took these jobs because they are better. They are a step up from the way things were. They're going through the same kind of industrialization that the United States did, you know, 150 years ago or whatever. I really think that Rich Paul, a.k.a. Nobody, whatever you want to call him, said this best. And I can't remember exactly how he put it, but he pointed out, you know, being poor is a condition like any other condition. Mm-hmm. And you, when you're looking to cut money, you look to, to pay people who don't need a lot of money, who are poor. And then you start paying them to do a job, and they stop being poor as a result of that. Mm-hmm. By hiring these people in Vietnam or Venezuela or wherever to do these jobs, we are liquidating the poor. We are literally lifting people up That's right. out of poverty. And that, to me, is a good thing. Yeah, it's good for everybody. Absolutely. But anyway, back to the issue at hand where Americans don't seem to want to lift the Chinese people out of poverty. They, they look at them as inferior to some extent. Like, no, the, well, they deserve to be poor because I, I don't know why they do it. Well, they think... Their rationale, because I was arguing about something similar with my dad, uh, he was like saying that it's not always bad to have a, what's the thing called when the government says you can't trade with another country? Embargo. Uh, well, that's not... Sanctions? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sanctions. And um, I was saying it only hurts the people of the country. And he was like, no, if a, if a government is like China is like so bad, you shouldn't do business with them. And I was like, well... <laughs> You shouldn't do business with the government, government. but doing business with the people is good. And he finally understood what I was saying. It's just like there was like a block in his mind. He's like, no, 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 you shouldn't uh, support the Chinese. Because basically what he had thought I was saying is, I guess that there used to be something where like uh, China was not allowed to be traded with, but we would just give the government money and expect them to dole it out properly. And Mm. that sounds like a terrible idea. That's foreign aid. Yeah, I would not. Sub, uh, you know, support that, but that's it's just. I think that a lot of people just don't think about these things hard no, they enough. They don't. I think you're right about that. I think people they hear China and they don't dis, uh, they don't sort of dissect that between the Chinese government and the Chinese people. And the same thing in you know Middle Eastern countries or you know you name it, whatever we're talking about. People just sort of roll them all up into one. Even though the people of China, many of them despise the Chinese government. Same, same thing's true in the United States, right? Like, just because we're here doesn't mean we're agreeing with what things, what evil things the people in Washington, D.C. are doing. The same thing's true. And what percentage of the Chinese people disagree with their government? Well, it's hard to get a hold on that because the government there will probably put Kill you them. into a death camp or yeah. something. If you say, uh, oh, yeah, I'm not yeah. very satisfied with their right. rulership. So, but that's where helping, you know, being able to trade with the people of China helps build those bridges between individuals on these different continents. But with China being a communist nation, at least in theory, it it does muddy the waters a bit, right? Like I stopped using Wish because even though I'm I'm purchasing stuff from companies in China or whatever, they may very well be working in Xinjiang province where they are being put together by Uyghur Muslim slaves. I guess they will, right? It's like. I don't know. There's no ethical way for me to send money to China by purchasing Chinese stuff mm-hmm. and know that I'm not supporting the Uyghur genocide. And yep. I, that sucks for the people of China. And I, I don't expect them to do anything about it because what can they do but, about I mean, it? If you want to get real picky, 
then you can't really buy anything from the United States either because yeah, every know. U.S. corporation pays taxes and that goes to, you know, put people in prison for victimless crimes here. Or bomb other countries. So, I mean, how I do mean, you- the Uyghur genocide, though, it's a bit beyond victimless crime incarcerations, I think, to, to at least some extent. I mean, it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. But- They're taking their organs. Okay. There is forced organ harvesting. Yeah. But I mean, six of one, half a dozen of the other, right? Like there, the American government's evil too. There's some story just the other day about a guy who died in a U.S. prison because the cell conditions were filthy. So they're eaten alive mm-hmm. by bugs. Yeah. We're coming Ew. up here. It's Free Talk Live. Our two's on the way, by the way. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves here. You can bring up anything you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. It's Ian, Bonnie, and Aria joining you here tonight. Uh, We're talking about some money-related things. Coming up, Generation Z, maybe not so great with their finances. Uh, It sounds like they want to avoid having to change Due to the changing financial situation, meaning that inflation is happening. Okay, maybe you should cut your uh, budget a little bit. Cut back on some of the things like a trip to Starbucks every day that you don't really need to get along with. And you're sounding so boomer victim blaming right now. Well, we're going to get into it coming up here. I I mean, that's what I did, right? My electric bill climbed through the freaking roof. So I was like, oh, this light's going off. This light's going off. Yeah, exactly. I don't use this crap regularly enough. Yeah, but it's not like they can't complain about the situation. Well, yeah. I'm not talking about complaining. I'm talking about refusing to deal with it. That's what we're going to talk about coming up here in a moment. Uh, but that's uh, that's on the way. We're going to your phone calls and thoughts first. <laughs> you know he's not blaming avocado toast. Ricky, I like avocado toast. No, she that makes was it for a, me all the time. That was an article that came out in when I, in like 2016 that millennials can't afford uh, to buy their own houses, and we found out the reason. It's because they're spending money on avocado toast. <laughs> Let's go to Ricky. Uh, Ricky, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Thank you, there, brother Ian, sister Bonnie, sister Ari. What's on your mind tonight? Well. Yeah, I just caught this one on the news, and I pretty much got all the details. Now, uh, you know, we're all used to seeing, uh, you know, all these cop shootings and people getting killed. And I'm tired of it. I'm sick of seeing yeah, it, I'm but yeah. I'm tired of it, too, and it's usually unnecessary. Yeah, it's always. Yeah, it is. Well, I don't know about that. Cops aren't supposed different. to um, give somebody a punishment, even if the punishment is, like, not killing them. They're not supposed to at all, so it's never necessary. Yeah, there was a sci-fi thriller written about this uh, called Judge Dredd that uh, Sylvester yeah. Stallone completely misunderstood. And he thought, you know, it was a glorification of police brutality when the actual subject matter was firmly against police officers being judge, jury, and executioner, which is what they are mm-hmm. when they kill people. Well, look, I, I won't say it's never appropriate. Uh, I mean, certainly... Only to defend themselves, that's it. Yeah, I mean, there was this one circumstance, for instance, here in Keene, where... Some crazy guy had a knife to a girl's throat in a, in their home or whatever, and the police, they did shoot that guy. That's just because that, that's that okay for any human to do. It's not like, yeah. it, I mean, that's like defending another person, your own property, sure. or yourself. But that's there, it. Right. But there are plenty of circumstances where the police use way too much force. Well, I believe police should be unarmed. Like, <laughs> but, but when you put on your badge or you become a police officer, you should be stripped of all your weapons. Mm. 
only only citizens should have guns. They're they're too dangerous for police. What else, Ricky? What about IQ. what did you what did All you come right, across? I want to say about this since everybody talked about everything. See, here's the deal. Uh, this happened, I guess, about a month or so ago, and they played the body cam footage today. Now, here's what. What happened. was it? And where was it? It was in Farmington. Where's that? I don't know. Isn't that Virginia? I think maybe. There's probably a few Farmingtons yeah, out I don't there. Know. Yeah, but, I'm not sure, but that doesn't matter. Okay. But here's what happened. Uh, three cops uh, were told to come to an address. There was three cops, so it must have been something serious. And here's what happened. They knock on the door. Oh, hold on, because I've seen multiple oh, police officers and cruisers on, respond to somebody pulled something? over for a taillight. No, I want to dispute your allegations that multiple police officers showing up means it's serious. How can you dispute something when I didn't even talk about it yet? Because, Ricky, you literally said, and you know it was serious because they got three cops there, when I've seen multiple yeah. cruisers okay. show up for someone with a busted taillight. That's absolutely true. Okay, so it was uh, New Mexico, uh, Farmington, okay. New Mexico. Uh, and I did hear that about this. Mate. I did not watch the footage, however, where they apparently killed somebody who was in a house. That they, they raided the wrong house, and they killed a completely right, innocent but here's person. the kicker. Here's the kicker on this one, Ian. Yep. See, what happened is they knocked on the door. The guy, uh, the guy answered the door. And here the guy was 52 years old. He was standing there in his bathrobe pointing a handgun at them. Oof. Now, what ended up happening is... All three cops immediately emptied their clips into him. Then Maybe he after- thought that they were just a, um, you know, a intruder that wasn't sure. the cops. Yeah. Okay, but see, here's the thing, Aria. Can I? I mean, Bonnie. Can I tell you something? Now, here's the way this ended up. Uh, the wife got involved. Then ultimately, the the kid. They had a kid. The kid called nine one one. Now they're on paid leave for the past two months. Of course, they and the are. chief of police apologized. But here's my answer to this: for somebody that has carried a gun. And things like that. If that was me and I knocked on the door and somebody just opened it and they're pointing a gun right at me, I'm not going to tell them to drop it. I'm going to fire my weapon, period. That's why this one's different. And that's why they're on paid leave. Did they just knock the door? Knock on the door? Yes, they knocked on the door. I heard the body cam footage. So you think that answering the gun? So you think that answering the door? With the capability of defending yourself, warrants the now, death penalty? Aria, have you ever carried a gun? Yes. Okay, now. Can you answer my I, question? Okay, no, Now that I've answered yours? Listen, let me ask you this. Can you answer the question? Aria, say you were coming over to my house, right? All right? And you knock on the door. Say you didn't know it was me. Why would I be going to your house if I didn't know it was you? Listen. <laughs> well, am I, what, I, I need you to explain. Am I just going up to random houses okay, here and trying to break matter, in? What, it does door, matter. Right? It absolutely okay, matters. Aria, you're argumentative. Say you're going to a door, right, of anybody's house. Why you're am I going there? Door. Yeah, door knocking for a political campaign. Okay. Okay. All right, you knock on the door, okay? The person opens the door, but they're already pointing a gun at you. Okay. You have a weapon on you. Are you going to tell them to drop it? I'm not going to tell them anything. I'm going to back You're away because I'm on their property. You're on their property for one thing. And for another thing, those cops had to be already pointing a gun at him in order to shoot no, him fast enough. You don't not. know that. Let me let me really answer your question. Ricky. How could he possibly have sh- pulled, unholstered their video, un- unholstered their gun, and pulled it out and pointed at him and showed him shot him faster than he could shoot him? Them. They, it looks if, like they did. No, that's exactly the problem we're having though. Here, Ricky, is that if this person, when they answer their door, they have a gun pointed at me. If they wanted to shoot and kill me, 
They could do that. They could have done that easily as soon as they opened the door. But they didn't do that. They just held a gun. That suggests to me that they're only interested in defending themselves from this unknown intruder at their house. Yeah, yeah but Ari, if you tell them to drop the gun, that person's going to fire. What what lawful right do I have to knock on someone's door and demand them drop their they're weapon? Cops. That's crazy. Right That's crazy. Man, it was a mistake. If someone knocked on our door right now, and oh, we, we, none of us here are armed, but if I knocked on someone's door right now and they answered the door with a gun, that does that doesn't give me any justification or right to shoot if them. If they're pointing oh, it at you, maybe it capacity, does. I would, if I'd be out any capacity in public, somebody pulls a gun on me. Okay, I'm that changes. Every, you're changing the variables. We're not in public. Well, they're outside somebody's house in this particular case. Look, I, I get what Ricky's saying here. If somebody points a gun at you, that is a threat to your life. You have the right to respond with You're force. trespassing on their property. Well, I, well, I understand. Anyway, it's not they a trespass. Hold on. That mean Hold cops on, changes nothing. Ch- cops don't get to kill people because they're cops. That never changes anything. No, no doubt. But you're not trespassing unless you've been warned to leave. It, okay, it, fair there point. Is nothing, unless there's nothing, unless it's posted. Okay, and in most houses around here, for instance, it's not posted. You can we walk don't know up it's not posted at this, this house. I understand that, but you can walk up to somebody's door and you can knock on it, and that's completely legal. You're not trespassing. Sure. And if that person comes out, opens the door, and levels a gun at you, that is a threat to your life. You have a right to respond. You don't. You you don't have the obligation. At least in I should say this. This is um, this isn't legal advice. I but think my that understanding they are is in, defending themselves in a state in which you have uh, what is it called? You you, you don't have to back away. Right? Stand your ground. Stand your ground. Thank you. In a stand your ground state, you know, even though you're on their property, they're now threatening to kill you. You don't have to just take their bullet. You can respond. Now, what's not clear here, Bonnie, in this video, is how this man was holding the gun. I would absolutely agree, fast. though, that you should never point a gun at someone that you do not intend to kill, right? The, yeah. the homeowner here was in the wrong, and so much as he was in the wrong, it was wrong of him to point the gun at someone. Well, the police were at the wrong address in the first place. And Maybe he of, recognizes that police officers are an innate threat, and that's why he did it. Well, they well, did that, shoot him and kill it's him. It's a really bad plan. It's a bad plan. I'm, I just do don't think that he was necessarily wrong. They were on his property it's, as a gang. It's may not be wrong, but it's stupid. It's a but bad I'm not move. saying it's not stupid. He's dead. Yeah. This was one of the reasons that I, I, you know, I stopped carrying a firearm long before the government took away my right to bear arms. Because if they're, if you're ever in an altercation or in a fight with someone, as soon as you introduce a gun to that equation, someone is going to get shot. There's no mm-hmm. undoing that situation. Uh, thank you, Ricky, for the call tonight. I do appreciate it. I, I had not watched this video. I'd only seen the headlines and basics about it. And we only have the cops' word that. He pointed the gun at him. Well, well they had no, the body no, camera. You said you can't see it. No, no, no. You've got the... Well, okay. Well, I, I didn't know which he you meant. Uh, so what you can tell from this footage is at least the officer in the video we're watching here did not have the gun pointed at the man on at the door. Then I don't believe their story. If if we can't see that he answered the door pointing the gun at him, then That's I don't believe that because clear. it doesn't make sense that he the cop was able to grab his holster, point the gun at that guy and then shoot him before he shot them. It just is it sounds stupid. I don't it, believe it. It does seem unlikely and that this was one of the questions that I started to ask Ricky is I mean you don't have the time. If if I knock on the door and someone opens the door with the gun pointed at me, Reaching for my weapon is tantamount to suicide. Yeah, right. Like they would shoot you because you reached for your weapon. If you just, if I was in that situation, I think this is what I would do. My arms would be up and I'd be backing away. Like 
That I'm out ex- of here. Yeah, that's exactly it. I'm like, sorry, wrong house. I wouldn't sit, go away from that situation. You're saying if like, you're the cop? It, the person knocking on the door. I wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily say, like, there was nothing wrong with that situation. I would think that person was crazy, stupid, and, like, I wouldn't think it was okay that they pointed a gun at me, but I also would not have shot them, and I think I would be wrong you're if saying I did. You would, you're saying if someone pointed a gun at you, you would just back away? Because if I if you? I had a gun on me and I put my hand down, I'm gonna die before I got my gun out of my holster. Mm-hmm. I've might. been held at gunpoint. I think the only thing that you could do in that situation would be like, "Hey, man, I don't want any trouble backing up, yeah. walking away." Well, the, the thing that's not clear in this footage is what exactly the man does. The alleged, you know, they say this guy walked out of this front door or opened the front door with a gun in hand. And it's not clear whether the gun was pointed at the officer or not from this footage. It does kind of look like the man raises, like he may not have had the gun raised when the door opens, but it does look like he may be raising it. If he's raising it, it wasn't case, raised when the door was open. It may not have been uh, in this in this case. But if he is raising a gun, that I think that that would mean that the officer was in within their rights to shoot him in that case. Maybe, but, you know, I'm suddenly more concerned about the fact that they were at the wrong house because when I lived in Mississippi, this happened in a town nearby where I lived where the police showed up to serve a warrant. By the way, mm-hmm. they ended up not having a warrant. Mm-hmm. And they went to the wrong house. They, they went into this trailer and they shot and killed men, shooting him in the back of his head. As he as he ran away from them, even though you know they were they were at the wrong house and they oh, didn't have man. a warrant in the first place. I've delivered pizzas before, right? I I know how easy it is to find the correct house, right? Mm-hmm. Why why is it so difficult for police to get the address right? That's when, true. I when they're exe- executing one of these warrants, I never have dropped an Uber Eats order off at the wrong house. Yeah, never. In in my all my years of delivering pizzas. Have I have I done that? Yeah, if you've uh, you know seen this story, if I, I also I'm curious to see the other officers' footage because the the clip in this Reuters article is just from one officer, but apparently there were two, three, maybe at this this scene. There's at least two that you can see because you can see another uh, pair of hands uh, in the to the officer's right. So how you know, long is the video before they get to the door knocking? Because one thing is they could have been like yelling, like, put your hand, like, come out with your, you know, they could have been yelling and he could have thought they were just like regular thugs. Could be. Uh, I don't know, Bonnie, because, you know, you don't get to see the full unedited footage. This is just a clip that is being uh, that I, I found on a Reuters site. So you'll have to look for it to see if you can find a longer version. In theory, the, the police should release the full footage from you know, before the police arrive at the house to, you know, whenever the ambulance gets there or whatever. All, all of that should be recorded, but you don't get to see that in this this particular case. But, they got, but the thing to take away from this beyond whether or not who was right about shooting who is the police apparently realized they were at the wrong address before the gunfire happened. Then why didn't they leave? I don't understand if that was like right when they knocked on the door. Because police don't de-escalate situations. Yeah. They they escalate them until the point where someone dies. It's the low IQ thing. The they, the right thing to do here would be like, oh, I'm sorry, man. We're at the wrong house anyway. They say the video shows one officer knocking on a door decorated with an Easter bunny three times and announcing the police are present in the span of about one and a half to two or sorry, one to one and a half minutes. While they wait, two officers discuss whether they've made the correct they have the correct address and chuckle when they realize a mistake has been made. 
One officer then curses and backs away, almost as though he maybe was trying to leave. But then the door opens. The officer yells, hands up. And the video shows Dodson raising what appears to be, this is the victim, uh, what appears to be a handgun before officers open fire. So Ricky lied. Sounds like it. What did Ricky say? Ricky said, he opened the door with the gun pointed at him. This Mm. article says he raised his gun. Which, of course, is one of these situations where the officer telling you what to do is their excuse for killing you, right? Yeah, but this was not a lawful command. It's not a lawful command for a police officer to show up at your property, knock on your door, and when you answer, yell for you to put your hands up. If they didn't have the right property, right. you're saying? If he's got mm-hmm. a warrant, okay, maybe that's a lawful command. But if he's in mm-hmm. the wrong place at the wrong time, ha- I, I don't think a that's gun, a lawful order. Having a gun is not a death sentence. Like, that's basically like saying, well, he felt scared because he saw the gun in the guy's hand. So that's why he told him to put his hands up. Having a gun should not be a death sentence just because somebody else is a cop. And if you're holding a gun, what are you supposed to do? They said put your hands up. And evidently, that's he, the point I'm making here. He is raised that his you were instructed up. to do something that then led to your death in that case, right? It's like Simon you says. A, you didn't put your hands up in the way they wanted you to put your hands up. You know? Remember that kid in the hotel that they got shot because he had a BB gun or whatever that people saw through his window, and they called the police there, and then they like crawl up, crawl on your knees, put your legs locked together. Yeah, he was in the hotel uh, hallway, yeah. and they told him to do a thing that he couldn't do because they told him to do like two different things or something yeah they, it was simon says yeah you could only do one of them and follow the orders he couldn't follow both of the orders at the same time and they shot him to death so it's something's got to be done like i said disarm situation. the police when i ran for sheriff that was what one, mm-hmm. one of my signs i really think that should happen when you become a police officer your job should be to protect and serve people right mm-hmm. no part of that requires you to shoot and kill people and if you want to, if you want to go out there and actually, you know, shoot and kill people, maybe being a police officer shouldn't be your career choice. Maybe you should just be a, a killer like everyone else who does that, instead of having a badge that somehow makes it acceptable. Yep. If you want to comment here, feel free uh, to join us at six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. And I'll see if I can find any more angles of this thing that maybe make the situation a little bit more clear. But all that said, we were talking about some money-related stuff earlier. And, uh, Aria, you had a story about how a trillion dollars been apparently exited the United States economy. Bank loans are dropping. There's not as many people taking out loans today. But in other related news... Bloomberg is reporting that about $1.5 trillion in U.S. commercial real estate debt is coming due for repayment before the end of 2025. The big question facing those borrowers is who is going to lend to them. Refinancing risks are front and center for owners of properties from office buildings to stores to warehouses, according to an analyst uh, writing in a note this past week. The investment bank estimates office and retail property valuations could fall as much as 40% from peak to trough, increasing the risk of defaults. Adding to the headache, small and regional banks, the biggest source of credit to the industry, have been rocked by deposit outflows, which is what you were just talking about, Aria, people taking their monies out of these banks, putting them in other things like mutual funds, for instance. So what's happening here... Or gold and silver and cryptocurrency is what I would suggest... Right, and what's happening here is the uh, what we're talking about is $1.5 trillion in commercial U.S. real estate debt that is going to have to get paid. But the problem is people don't need commercial real estate like they used to. 
That's what the problem is. Right, There's, because of COVID-19 and people working right. from home now. Exactly. A lot of people decided, a lot of businesses decided it would be okay to allow their employees to work from home. And so there was a mass exodus from you know, of employees going home and staying home, not coming back to the office, even though they could come back to the office. Many decided they were just going to leave the area entirely of the office and work uh, remotely. And so that means that a lot of these businesses that are in commercial real estate have left. They've canceled their lease. They paid the early termination fee and said, you know what? We don't need this $80 million building anymore. We're going to set up shop in this you know, office park over here at a tenth of the price or whatever, right? So they, uh, there's been a lot of that going on. And as a result, the owners of these properties, they don't have paying tenants in a lot of these cases. How tragic. So how My are heart they... goes out to them. Well, I see your I see what you're saying about this, but uh this is going to be tough on a lot of people and that is going to hurt um you know to some extent it's going to hurt these these businesses and that may result in job losses and whatever. I'm sure there's some going to be some serious economic consequences to a bunch of property that can't be filled going essentially off the uh, Yeah, but are, isn't and I don't want to be too cold here, but isn't most of the commercial real estate out there like owned by corporations anyway? Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, probably. screw them. <laughs> I mean, oh no, you know what? Realty company Y is losing out three and a half billion dollars. I, I don't care. I mean, I'm sure that that, that three and a half billion dollars will work its way into the economy somehow or in some way, probably. And and that it's going to be hard for like the realtors and the the janitors or whatever who actually worked in these places to keep them maintained or, or the contractors who did the work on them, all of those things, they do suck. And that, that is tragic. But the company itself, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Screw them. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from on that. And, you know, I'm certainly not a, a financial expert on this, but I, I do have one takeaway here from the story. And it says that as much as 70% of other commercial real estate loans that mature over the next five years are held by banks, so that means that those banks are going to uh, – that money's going to disappear, right? Like those things are going to have to be foreclosed upon. The banks won't be taking in that revenue or whatever, and that could result in more bank failures, <laughs> presumably that could result in people that have accounts at those banks getting screwed. Now, of course, you know you could consider taking some of your money out of the banks – in, I would suggest that. In preparation for the worst possible situation, I know uh, Aaron Day, the Republican presidential candidate and liberty activist here from New Hampshire, has recommended doing a bank run. He's been trying to get a lot of attention for the idea of taking your money out from these systems. Because if the bank crashes and burns and all you got in there is like, you know, a couple hundred bucks, isn't going to be the end of the world. Uh, but if you got your life savings in a bank, then that could be a very inconvenient situation so essentially this commercial real estate situation could be another contributing factor to sort of advancing the failure of these banks and the banking system is like a game of musical chairs man there's never enough chairs to go around be be one of the early ones to pull your money out before the banks run out of money we continue here the net well they're already out of money they just don't want you to know it essentially uh 603-283-6160 you can join the show and bring up whatever you want on free talk live Talk Live. You can join the show here and bring up what you want. The number is 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. As we continue here, 
With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. And also want to say thank you to Nelson Aquino, who is a Free Talk Live supporter of our AMPS program. Nelson is platinum level, which means that he is contributing at least 25 bucks a month to what we do here at Free Talk Live, spreading the ideas of liberty and peace, freedom, cryptocurrency, uh, alternatives like precious metals to the status quo of just keeping your money in a bank account. Oh, wow. Thank you, Nelson. Yeah, thank you, Nelson. Definitely going above and beyond what we ask for, which is only 5 bucks a month. So if you want to join Nelson, you can do that for as little as $5 a month over at amps.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It's a way to get behind what we do here on Free Talk Live. Once again, it's amps.freetalklive.com. If you don't like Patreon, however, we have another option for you. You can support us uh, directly through our Odyssey channel, which you can go to video.freetalklive.com, and you'll find the way to join up at the top of the page there. And again, you can use your debit card, your credit card on Odyssey. I think uh, Patreon allows that and PayPal. So different ways for you to support the show. Check out amps.freetalklive.com or video.freetalklive.com. So I said we were going to talk about the uh, young people in America, specifically Generation Z. Uh, They're having trouble with their finances. And it may not just be Generation Z. It may, may also be affecting millennials. Well, at least they're not eating Tide Pods anymore. <laughs> Those ones are dead, I think, at this point. There was that Once one guy that Gen smoked Z? a Tide Pod in a dab rig. Oh, my God. Wow. It looked really painful. He was, like, dying. Yeah. That's uh, Darwinism, right? Like, yeah. you know, I did the nutmeg the thing in high school. Play stupid games, win stupid <laughs> prizes, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so this is from the Wall Street Journal. Many young adults are overwhelmed by financial stress. That's because they weren't taught how to do this because schools were too busy teaching them how to diagram sentences or to be upset about gender choices. To be fair, they didn't teach us how to do it either. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm technically like borderline Gen X and uh, millennials, and I, I doubt they taught much of anything uh, of any kind of financial intelligence I, prior to me as well. I was forced to take a, everybody had to take a financial literacy class really? my uh, federal government school in Utah before graduating. And, and what did that contain? Well, I don't really remember everything. I know that one thing is we read uh, The Richest Man in Babylon, which oh, is a pretty a good, good thing. Yeah. Um, but I don't really remember anything else because I did calculated that i only needed to get a d to just pass it and i was still gonna be like valedictorian and everything mm. so i just did as much as i could did, had to do then quit going so you took the class but barely passed. i passed okay. as little as i had to to pass i'm surprised such a class like that even exists I mean, it definitely did not exist in my high school I don't really remember anything else. I remember us taking this test to see how risky each of us were. And the other kids were like, wow, I got a 80. Oh, my gosh. And mine was like crazy risky. I was like, I'm not going to say mine out loud. And this was about how much risk you were willing to take. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because uh, one of our chatters, I think I think it was Jay. uh, He posted earlier a link to a tweet by Rob Henderson that says, striking evidence that Generation Z truly stands apart from Generation X and Millennials. From the early 90s up until the mid-aughts, about half of teenagers said they enjoyed doing dangerous things and taking risks sometimes. 
And now that that's number, the point of being a teenager, right? Is to do stupid things and take stupid risks. You'd think. Well, is that up or down now? It's down now. Well, it that is below does make four, sense. It's below forty percent now. That so makes t- sense be- because in that class and in my whole school, I was the oldest by a long shot because I did third grade twi- twice. Mm-hmm. When I was a senior, I was like the oldest by six months at least in my own class, and then there was also like sophomores and whatever the other one is, juniors in that class. So they were all younger than me by like two to three years. And they all were like, oh my God, I'm so risky. And theirs was like so much, so much lower than mine. So wait, they, oh, they thought they were were too risky. They were like, oh my God, I'm so risky, LOL. But theirs was way less risky Mm, than my results. Look, people, once you turn 18, the stupid shenanigans can get you in a lot of legal trouble. There is a huge difference between a 17-year-old doing something stupid and an 18-year-old doing something stupid. So enjoy it while you're young and be a stupid, reckless teenager. Just don't do anything that hurts anyone. But be stupid. Be reckless. That's the point of being a teenager. Learn from these things, right? Do something stupid, learn a valuable lesson, and apply that to your adulthood. If you wait until you're an adult, because you're going to do something stupid, right? Mm-hmm. If you wait until In your you, life, you will do something yes. stupid at some point. And if you wait until you're an adult, the consequences for doing that stupid thing will be exponentially higher. My stupid things were less, or got stupider as I got older up until I had turned like 24 and stopped doing stupid things because I didn't really drink in high school. Like I was like, I tried it, didn't like it. Wasn't really a drinker. Then I was like 19. My way older friend who was like 30 was like, yeah, just drink with me. And I started really liking alcohol. And I feel like my stupid things got much stupider at a bad time because Mm -hmm. being 19 is not a good time to start doing stupider things. That's why I almost got a DUI. So some of them tune out bank and credit card balances, lose track of their spending, and rack up debt. Okay, so that's that's not the kind of risk I'm talking about. I mean, I guess that's okay. If you want to destroy your credit and then file bankruptcy or whatever and deal with that when you're in your mid-20s, maybe. But that's that's a bad kind of reckless and stupid. Don't do that. All yeah, right. no, this isn't about Tide Pods here. This is about financial uh, intelligence. And apparently younger people are just, they don't want to pay attention to it. I don't know so. anyone who tried to eat a Tide Pod. Thank goodness. Well, it's not fun, right? It, being responsible and financially stable is not fun. It's not glamorous. No one's going to write a book about it or do a Hollywood series about it. It's, but it's necessary. It's, it's, it's like brush, brushing your teeth, right? It's, it's, it's not risky. It's not dangerous. It's boring. It's dull. And you don't want to do it. But it's important. And if you, you want to have it. a future. Yeah. yeah. Uh, average credit card debt rose 29% to $5,800 in March from a year earlier for millennials. Good Lord. From millennials. Uh, and increased 40% for Gen Z up to $2,800. So, Why are people putting this much on credit? Well, the, I, don't, I, I don't understand that. I think the argument here is that they don't want to change their lifestyle. Prices are going up, and they don't want to cut back. So they're just putting it on credit. But that, that's... That's not even risky. Just that's kick just the can stupid. Down the road. Oh, I yeah. never did that. I, ju- I just didn't use credit... Worked every day and didn't have savings. So that was pretty risky in it of itself. But I, I was like, I don't want to get a credit card. I would recommend using credit because it gets you in their system. It gets you a score. And that that's, that's going to matter one day because most people aren't going to have $300,000 to just buy a house. But right? you don't get taught how to use credit, right? I right. Mean, maybe they taught it in the class Bonnie didn't pay attention in. But uh, generally, I it's confusing as hell. There's a weird set of rules about credit out there. 
And unless you actually do the research to try to get a grasp on it, it's like, you know, you don't know, right? Like, so. Well, I could be wrong, but I thought the the basics was get some sort of secured credit card when you turn Mm -hmm. 18 with like a two or $300 balance on it, spend some of it, and then just pay it each month. And in time. Yes. That's what you should do. Your credit score will improve and you'll be able to go in and buy a house. I did stuff like that. I only have. It's embarrassing. I had a store credit card mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I'll use this, only pay it off every month just because I only buy stuff that I'm going to buy anyway to get credit. And I did that and there was a time where I went a little too over. But this is all during the three years that I had a very stable full-time hotel job. Mm-hmm. But then when I was like, I can't do this anymore, it's like you have to choose between do you want to be in some building for eight hours a day, five days a week and be able to get a credit card or... Do you want to go do more stuff that is more fun and have more freedom, but you have to work every single day, basically, like I was doing? I don't know. I just think that people are in really hard rock and hard place type of situations. And I think Ian and Aria being too hard on them because it's not like Gen Z people were asked to be born into graduating (laughs) high school and now we're in a terrible recession. Oh, the worst prices of all times or whatever and rent. I, I don't, I'm, I'm from a dirt, dirt poor family, and everyone I know from the South, I think about my sister, they have terrible credit scores. And in the event that they improve their credit enough to take out, to actually get a credit card, mm-hmm. it's going to be a secured one because they, they're rebuilding from bad credit. But even if they manage to do that, it's just a matter of time before they max it out and stop paying the bill. Almost yeah, universally. That's the problem. So I, I don't know that I'm being too hard on these people. I'm just speaking from, and this isn't true of everyone in Gen Z, and it's not true of every millennial or whatever, but in my experience, most of the people who are making these reckless financial decisions are doing so negligently, not recklessly. I, I would suggest that that's the verbiage that should be used here is they're being negligent, not reckless. Meaning that negligence would be, I just don't know what I'm doing, versus reckless, which is like, screw it, I'll just ruin everything. Is that what you would say, like, the difference is between Sort of, and maybe and reckless, reckless isn't even the right word. They're mm-hmm. not taking risks, is what I mean to say. They're not well, they taking, are taking risks. risks. It's they're not a calculated negligent. risk, is what you mean. Like, they're not like, oh, I'll do this, and I think it can work out. They don't they're understand just, They just the don't risk. care. When I take, think about taking risks, I think, all right, investing in Bitcoin or gold or this mm-hmm. stock or GameStop or whatever, that's that's a financial risk. Yeah. Not paying your credit card bill isn't a financial risk. Yeah. That's just negligence. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, so younger people, they say, were also more likely to have paid late fees or taken advances from their credit cards. According oh to. God, those are all terrible ideas. Yeah. Cause they charge you like crazy. I mean, late fees, uh, sometimes, I guess sometimes you can't control that. I'm not going to beat them about, about that. Overdraft fees. Uh, they didn't mention those, but that's, that's a real killer. Banks love overdrafts and they love charging you 27, $35, whatever per overdraft. And Find you a bank that won't let you overdraft. I, I know it's tempting, guys. Believe me, I'm I'm from that world. I know how it is, right? You know, I need a pack of cigarettes and I can just swipe my card and then I'll pay that $37 overdraft fee on my next payday. Look, just find another way. Get a bank that won't let you overdraft right, and, so, and pay your bills on time. Yeah, it's this negligence is you know a big problem because they don't know how... A lot of people just don't know how credit cards work. They, in many cases, think it's like free money or something like that. Well, surely they, they know they the, have to pay it, right? You would think. Uh, but uh, then there's all the interest rates, the, how many people really understand that and how it works. I, I don't know.
I don't understand. What I would recommend, really, for all of these people is to put all, get a credit card, put all of your bills on it, and then just pay your credit card bill each month instead of paying the individual bills. It's slightly more expensive to mm-hmm. a degree, because, but instead of paying your three hundred dollar electricity bill, electricity bill, and your seventy dollar internet bill, just pay all of that with your credit card automatically every month, and then pay your credit card bill. It's going to maybe three hundred eighty dollars right. instead of three hundred seventy dollars, but it builds your credit. It gets all your bills paid. And you don't have to think about it. All of your stuff is happening automatically. This is presuming you can afford to pay your bills, right? And this is the problem that people are getting (laughs) into with credit is they're putting more on credit they can afford to pay, right? Like like that's the basic error with people in credit cards. It's like you're putting things on there you you don't have enough money to pay for in the bank, so you're carrying a balance. And as soon as you start carrying a balance on a credit card, you're losing. Is that what they think credit cards are for? I don't know what people actually think about. Yeah. All we know is how they use them. Okay, fair. And yeah. and if you're not paying it off at the end of the month, then you're paying too much because they're hitting you hard for that interest rate. Yeah, I never and really I, thought about that. That that does seem to be more of the core issues. They just don't understand how credit cards are supposed to be used. I think you're right about that. Uh, and I, I think that they. I think some people see the minimum payment number, right? Because whenever you get a credit card bill, it's got the amount that you owe which could be hundreds or thousands or whatever of dollars, whatever the amount is that you owe. And then there's this much smaller number that says minimum payment. Hey, 20 bucks. Sweet. I'll pay 20 bucks and kick the can down the road to the uh, the next month. And then the number just keeps getting larger and larger of the balance that you owe the credit card company. That's what happened to me. But the minimum payments stay small, right? And then you just keep loading up the the card and before you know it, you're way in over your head. And that's how they get these $5,000 in credit card debts or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. And remember that's the average. So well, here's a calculated risk. In uh when I got my tax return in 2018, I could have paid off that store card I was telling you about mm-hmm. or I could have got coconut. Now what was a better choice? Well, I mean, we do love coconut. Yeah. Exactly. But <laughs> Paying. Did you pay I, the card I don't off know eventually? That that's a yes, risk, I paid though. it off. I made it my goal to make sure I actually paid it off before I moved from Utah to Texas because okay. I had a steady job and I was able to do that. It just was hard because it's like I can pay this off as long as I do absolutely nothing fun for like three months. Yeah, and it sucks. Three months is not a long time to go without any sort of social activity, though. But you did it. You set a goal for yourself and you achieved that goal. And I think that's one thing that you would find that a lot of these people don't have. They don't have financial goals that they're setting. They don't have any idea what they're spending. They have no idea what they're really doing because they don't want to pay attention. Psychologists, according to the story at the Wall Street Journal, call these behaviors financial avoidance. And they say it's a typical habit among younger people in any time frame. But the pandemic's economic whiplash, followed by high inflation, is making such avoidance more common, say the economists. The consequences of ignoring bank and credit card accounts include overspending, damaged credit, and deep debt. Millennials in their 30s had the steepest increase in debt of any age group since the pandemic. Avoidance can complicate later I believe milestones. it, because millennials are, are, we are the worst. <laughs> Avoidance can complicate later milestones, such as buying a home or retiring, right? Because if you get a credit card balance that you're not paying down enough to make it go away, and then 10 years later, you want to get a, a house for yourself, you're not getting a loan. No, and right? you're not putting away things for retirement. Look, if you're in your 30s by now, you should be... 
you should be putting money away for your inevitable retirement, right? But if you're living on credit and you're not paying off your bills each month, then you're not putting money away. Spending tends to be more satisfying than budgeting or tracking your expenses. This is according to Dr. Vale Wright, the senior director at the American Psychological Association who studies stress and anxiety. Quote, even if cognitively you know it's not really the healthiest coping choice to engage in. They're saying that young people are more likely to just spend stuff because it's just you get the thing you want, right? Oh, I'll just put it on the credit card. And this is why ultimately credit cards were invented. There's the right way to use them, which you identified earlier, Aria. You don't spend more than you can afford. You pay it off at the end of the month. But the credit card companies don't make as much money that way. I was going right? to say, why would they even invent them right? if they everyone want used you it to like carry that? A balance. Yeah, they want you to carry a balance. Credit cards are designed to take advantage of financially low intellect people who think it's free money, who don't think about you know, their finances, don't pay any attention and then they just get into thousands of dollars of But debt. to be fair, I am glad I had that experience with the store card mm-hmm. where I was like, oh my God, this is so bad. I'm never, I was stressed out about it all the time until I right. finally paid it off because it kind of put that, instilled that into me to where I was like, I'm just never having a credit card again. See, That's I got one way through, to deal with it. I go through periods like that where I'm like, all right, well, it's time to actually treat credit seriously and build it up or whatever. And then like two years later, I, it's not that I destroy my credit. I just stop caring. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I pay off everything and then just... Forget about it for five years, and then I look up again and go, oh, crap, I don't have any credit now, and then I repeat the stupid process again. Avoidance is a common coping mechanism for all forms of anxiety. And, of course, what do young people say these days? I have anxiety. They all say they have anxiety and depression. It's the most common thing you hear. They don't know what anxiety is. (laughs) Someone with social anxiety avoids parties. Someone with fear of heights might avoid getting on a plane. The APA Stress in America uh, 2022 survey found that 83% of adults reported inflation as a source of stress. James Gay, who's 22, says he's reckoning with the effects of his financial avoidance since the pandemic. In 2020, he moved from Florida to, uh, sorry, Mayo, Florida, to Tallahassee in Florida to attend the university there, sharing a three-bedroom apartment with two friends. With everything closed and his classes completely online, he said he ordered from DoorDash instead of cooking... Whoops. Wow. You want to talk about a huge increase in what you're going to start sp- what you're going to spend. That's insanely irresponsible. That's so way bigger of a level yep. of irresponsibility than I have ever done. It's, it is. DoorDash is like 30 bucks a meal no matter what For what you, you get. might pay for like 6 bucks if you went yeah. out, right? Uh instead of cooking. And, and don't get me wrong, I love DoorDash when I can afford it. I would never use DoorDash. To me, it's like I'm going out. If I'm well, it, the purpose of DoorDash for me was like if I had been drinking. That's that's uh, exactly what I used it for. If I was gonna, if I was like, okay, I'm taking a day off from doing Uber Eats, and I'm gonna get drunk and clean my house, <laughs> then I would be like, I'm gonna treat myself to Uber Eats, I and mean, I only did it twice, I think. Obviously, cooking your own food is the way to save a lot of money, right? Like that's what somebody who, if you want to be, if you want to be on a budget, cook your own food, then a you're going to save a ton of money. They just don't have the ability to cook. It's like it's not like singing, where like if you're just born a, a bad singer, you're probably not going to be able to be a singer. Like you can you learn, can learn to cook. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Like I, I don't understand with the phone. There is no, re- there's no excuse to say you can't cook. 
You don't need to learn unless you're inventing dishes. You just have to be able to follow a recipe. Correct. But some people are like, even when I follow a recipe, I just do it wrong. And I I seriously don't understand that. Yeah, They even have these boxes, right? Like the the food boxes that people send you. Don't you get back into the more expensive areas if you're doing these things? I think that's expensive. It's going to be cheaper than eating out. I, believe, well, I, mean, I don't know how much more expensive eating out is versus cooking your own meals. I mean, like for one person that. in my situation, it's, cheaper. I, it's way cheaper to, to do it yourself. But the thing is, what you don't want to do when you're doing it yourself is end up throwing food away, right? So you don't want to have food go bad. And there, so there's some co- there are potential hidden costs. You have to be able to eat leftovers. And there's this yes. girl that I follow on Snapchat that Ian can't stand, um, and she is quote unquote has anxiety over leftovers Ugh. so she will not eat anything if it's a leftover because she has quote unquote anxiety no, that she it has, has mold. spoiled white yeah, girl syndrome exactly yeah <laughs> you you, if you're hungry you'll eat some damn leftovers right yeah. this, this girl's like getting paid to just be on tiktok all day or whatever if you didn't eat leftovers when i was a kid then you you didn't eat so anyway let's talk more about this guy his name uh, again she has anxiety james over eating yeah, leftovers. Of course she does. she's afraid that it's, it's gone bad so James Gay said he started ordering DoorDash instead of cooking and shopped online to counter his uncertainty and boredom. He says, that was my outlet to really enjoy my college experience. <laughs> That's terrible. Said. Well, So you wouldn't go to like parties or something? You would just be online shopping? That was your only entertainment? That's really no expensive. No one was having parties. It was during COVID. Oh. Whatever happened to just playing World of Warcraft? Yeah, well, instead of that, he developed a particular affinity for Crocs. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> And now owns about 15 pairs. He wasn't Good. going to parties either way. He says, my budgeting <laughs> was very, my budgeting plan was very loose, he said, who is also responsible for his own health insurance, phone bill, utilities, and car maintenance. Okay, look, the guy has 15 pairs of Crocs. There was no budgeting plan at all. He said, sometimes I'd forget about the bills. So he's just so busy doing the things he wanted to do that he didn't think about the things that he had to do. How could you not be thinking about money when you're online shopping? Anytime, like, I'm online shopping, I'm thinking about, like, not spending too much money. You are, I think, a little bit more frugal than the average Gen Z millennial person. And maybe it's because you learned some some hard lessons. But he dipped into his savings to cover rent and utilities. Mr. Gay eventually received a call from his father, who had checked his credit card account and saw he'd used 90% of his $500 limit. After that, he changed his ways. He's lucky. This dude caught, he got yeah. caught early in Less developing Less than $500 worth of credits, yeah. not that big a deal. Avoidance seems to be greatest among Gen Zs and millennials. A survey last month by Credit Karma suggests 28% in each of those generations said they often or always feel a sense of financial disassociation that is compared with 4% of baby boomers or older Americans. Quote, our culture is really big on overconsumption. We're constantly spending on things just to self-soothe, said Alex, Alexis Howard, 28-year-old financial advisor. Howard noticed this in her own spending behavior. She ordered clothes and furniture on Amazon during the pandemic, small purchases that would snowball into bigger expenses than she realized. At one point, she was spending about $500 a month on online shopping and takeout. See, that's something I don't understand. I don't understand the people who fill the holes in their life with stuff. Yeah, I. that's a thing. It's a big problem. I, there's a person that keeps popping in my mind, and he works really hard, so I don't think he like goes badly into debt because of it, but I just can't relate to the way he's like always needs new things. And I, just, I don't know. There's lots of people like that, and, and I'm thinking of him because he's Gen Z. Well, it is exactly what Arya's saying here. It's somebody filling some sort of hole in themselves with things it's consumerism 
Yeah, especially like just things that sit on his like a shelf table. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, like I got the Kim Kardashian uh, selfie book just because it's a good tea table book. My ex-wife was like that. Like every Mm -hmm. surface in the house had Had to to have knickknacks and crap. I'm like, no, the surface should be open for me to put stuff on when I need to use it. Right. Like. You couldn't go in our house and set a drink down because there were little knickknacks and cozies and books and crap everywhere that should have been put away That's or that weren't even necessary. Right there. Yeah. I mean, well, she, she wasn't nearly as bad as being a hoarder, but yeah. like. That's why I said borderline. Yeah. The whole point of having space is to enjoy the space, yeah. not to fill it with crap. The number here is 603-283-6160. I totally agree with you in that philosophy, but I wonder how common that is. Because well, I'm borderline a Buddhist when it comes to that, so it can't be that common. Yeah, I don't think it's very common either. I think that people tend to fill spaces. That is a thing that humans do. And it's a problem. There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can join the show and bring up anything you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. As we kick off the third hour here tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. Talking about finances, personal level stuff. We talked about some of the bigger stuff, like commercial uh, commercial real estate coming up with a huge wall of uh, debt, essentially, that essentially can't be paid back because... Apparently, it's like one out of five commercial properties are completely empty, and that is likely going to result in some defaults on some loans, and that could result in a further bank crisis that could affect people outside of commercial real estate. Yeah, one in five is pretty high. It is. And uh, so if you want to comment on those things, you can. But now we're focusing in on the individual and their personal finances, specifically the problems that young people are having, millennials and Gen Z with their money and just not paying attention, disassociating, as some, I believe, psychologists are pointing out. They're calling it financial avoidance. I yeah. think that's a little bit of a, I th- it's true, but it's also like a little bit of a, um, like, what's the word? Like, just giving them an excuse. Like, it's like, these people are so traumatized, they're avoiding. And it's like, it's not that serious. It's just that people need to learn lessons and, I don't know. Well, that's the problem is by avoiding the the issue, they're kicking the lesson down the down the way, right? Like right. it's it's they're going to learn it eventually, hopefully, but it's going to be a big lesson instead of a little lesson. Like the one guy they gave an example of, he had a five hundred dollars credit limit, and his dad happened to catch it. Like he, his dad was paying attention to the credit card bill, and he had a conversation with his son, brought his attention to the issue, and they've since resolved the issue. But the average, according to uh, whatever study it was. This was Credit Karma. Uh, the average credit card debt for millennials rose 29% from last year to this, up to $5,800 as of March. That's not good because, as you pointed out, you know, they're living paycheck to paycheck. Their money's going, it's not stretching as far as it used to, and they seem to be making up the difference by putting more on credit. Yeah, exactly. That's another, a terrible idea. To give them like a little bit of a break, the people who are doing this... One thing that sucks is like if you can't if you're just thinking like I always get a hundred dollar check every two weeks and 
you're thinking you can pay things off and still afford to do things, and you're not considering the fact that prices are going up exponentially, Mm. then maybe like you just thought you could buy the things you normally do. I mean, it's bad when people aren't um, budgeting correctly like that, but... How about considering you could lose your job entirely or have your hours cut back or whatever? There's no guarantee it's going to be $800 or whatever every two weeks. But let's go to the phones here. We got Major Payne on the line in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Major. Hey, guys. Hey. Yeah, um, Monty, you made the one comment earlier about uh, sacrificing for three months so that you could have cocoa or whatever you call your puppy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And that, and that that's just looking forward to see the gain. I mean, it's like building a set of stairs. You got to be able to see them before you can build them in your mind's mm-hmm. eye. Visualizing. Yeah. Sure. It actually wasn't to buy the dog. It was to pay off my credit card debt so that way I would allow myself to move because I didn't want to go into an uncertain. But yeah, I, I guess there are just some people who I don't know why they haven't developed the skill to think ahead and be like, I'm going to stop you know, doing whatever, drinking or whatever that's costing you money just for three months so that way I have a better quality of life. And those in those three months from now, it sucks so mm-hmm. bad. Well, isn't it not that's that they exactly can't what? look ahead? It's that they're so caught up in this culture of instant gratification that they only care about what's happening now and their own What do you urges? think, Major? Yeah, I hate to say can't, but... Well, that's what differentiates us from the animals is that we can see forward. Mm-hmm. Store the nuts. And and smoke the meat and, you know, do the things that you need to get through. Well, I guess it doesn't differentiate us from the animals then because ants and squirrels, they do that. They, you know, get ready for the winter. Well, squirrels lose about 60% of the nuts they bury, quite frankly. That's because yeah, they, that they forget where they put them, though. <laughs> they? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's really sad. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, they're squirrels. <laughs> I, they do because there's there's always biscuits in our windows. It's so weird. Yeah. They're some kind of, like... Bread type thing, and also sometimes just nuts that squirrels will put in our windowsills. Squirrels are bringing you guys biscuits. But I think no, they're putting them there. I think for safekeeping. Safekeeping. Then they forget, and we have to end up throwing them away because it's been like months. Yeah. No squirrels come back for it. <laughs> All right, okay, Major. I mean, that's how squirrels end up planting trees, right? Is that they bury nuts and then they forget about them? I don't know. Hmm, probably. Maybe so. What else, Major? Yeah, yeah, that does have a lot to do with the forest growth. Hmm. But on the financial thing, I just got my insurance bill. Mm-hmm. And if you are so poor that you got to go on a payment plan, okay, so the insurance bill was like 511 if I pay it off in a click, right? What kind of if insurance? If I pay it off in installments, it's going to be about an extra 130 bucks. Which insurance? For six months. For auto insurance. Auto, okay. Just, just PLPD, just cheap as you can go, mm-hmm. right? But... um so, yeah, that's an extra uh, 20-something dollars a month that a mm. poor person really can't afford to pay. Right. At, at one time, I remember years ago, my daughter got in some kind of a financial crisis. She was out west and was too damn proud or stubborn to call me for help. But she went to one of these fast loan payday places on the corner, you know what I mean? Mm, uh-oh. Yeah, one yep. of them high-interest loans. Yep, 30 oh, 50% or whatever. Oh, it, it was hor- horrific, man. She oh, paid God. on this thing for a year, and then finally I got to talking to her about it, and she get, got honest with me. So I lent her like 800 bucks to pay off a $1,000 loan that she'd been paying on for a freaking year. Dang, that's so sad. Wow. Those people, how those much, are like predatory. Yeah, how much do you think she'd paid on that $1,000 when all was said and done? I think she was paying like a buck twenty, a buck fifty a month. 
Mm-hmm. It's like rent to own, man. Like I'm again, thing, my yeah. family in the South, they do this crap all the time where they want a new 65 inch television. So and they I want it now. Yeah. So they go to Staples or Rena Center or whatever, and they rent one for fifty dollars a week or whatever for five years. I don't think Staples does that. Yeah, it's a Rena well, Center. I don't thing. know. Yeah. Yeah. They, and it's just, just sad. Look at the number. They just look at the number on that payment plan. What thirty two ninety five a month? I can afford uh-huh. that. Yeah. yeah, and they don't bother to do the basic math of multiplying it times however many payments it's going to be. And it's like you're paying three or four times as much as you would pay if you just bought the thing. Yeah, just Straight wait up. for or your next tax return and buy it then. For a yard sale for that washing machine, you could have got it for thirty five bucks. Yeah, great point. Major, thanks for the call tonight, man. I appreciate hearing from you. Those are smart. That's good advice. You know, there are ways to get things in life without having to go brand new. You get on the Craigslist, you get in the yard sales, and you can get cheap, cheap furniture and things like that. Uh, So, I mean, there are ways to cut back. But the point of the story here is that these younger people are not even thinking about it. They're just like, oh, whatever, I'll bring out the credit card. Well, they probably get anxiety about buying something used, right? Like, oh, no, I, <laughs> I'm i a poor person now. I bought a used television off Craigslist. My friends are going to judge me. You I don't know. That they don't know because uh, lots, of, lots of Gen Z people like thrift sh- stores. Okay. Mm. Well, that gives me hope then. All right. I went to a thrift store the other day and there was absolutely nothing in there I wanted though. It was kind of like, wow, this is the worst thrift store I've ever been in. It's called Savers in Manchester. And oh, I've yeah. always heard the Savers are really good. I, my friend worked at one in Austin and said it was awesome, but I never went to it. So I decided to go in there just looking for, I needed a box, like a cute box to keep something in. And I didn't eat, I was just like, wow, there's so many boxes and they all suck. They're all like these, oh, well. those stupid Christmas boxes. Yeah, come back in a few months, see what but else is there. Cause things th- move through all the time. Then I went to Home Goods and I, almost i really wanted to buy this 30 dollar box and i was like this is so dumb i really shouldn't i'm still walking around the store and i got lucky and found an even prettier box for sale for eight dollars good things come to those who wait in a lot of cases so uh back to the story here from the wall street journal talking about people that are spending too much and just not paying attention there was this girl who is apparently a financial advisor a 28 year old financial advisor who herself was spending 500 dollars a month on online shopping and takeout and then this year she Good embarked. Lord. Why even tell people you're a financial advisor at that point? I wouldn't even tell the newspaper that. Well, I mean, that just, so she's got no discipline. She may, you know, be a great financial advisor, mm-hmm. but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean she's got discipline to apply that. This year she embarked on a challenge to keep her discretionary spending under $50 monthly. So a tenth of what she was spending. As a financial advisor, she says she knows how easy it is to be losing sight of her bigger goals. She said, people are really just prioritizing happiness, and a lot of folks see happiness in traveling, eating out, but simultaneously value larger long-term goals like owning a home and retiring with some wealth, she said. Young adults with lower-wage jobs may avoid budgeting and checking their bills because it makes them feel helpless, said a professor of marketing at the University of Chicago. She said, Professor Sussman said, if you feel like you're really behind, then budgeting is also a reminder of how behind you are. If you set goals that are too high, it can be demotivating. It can also help to review what you spent in the past month with a financial buddy, said the head of behavioral science at J.P. Morgan Private Bank. This should should be someone who isn't a romantic partner or family member, but someone who you trust enough to talk through certain purchases. It's forcing yourself to examine your own decisions. He recommends setting financial goals with friends. For example, if you're planning on going on vacation, 
with someone, you can both agree to set aside $50 each week for the trip for the next four months, he said. That way, you're both holding each other accountable. And this isn't bad advice to have uh, somebody that you can talk about your finances with in an honest way, although I don't know why they're saying, you know, your partner is a bad choice for that. Like, why Hmm. wouldn't you, you know, if you have a partner that you care about, why wouldn't you want to be going over the finances? I'm assuming they meant in addition to your partner. That's that's what my assumption is, because you wouldn't want to hide it. But maybe your partner has the same spending habits that you do. Yeah, it's weird. Maybe I don't know. It says it should be someone who isn't a romantic partner. Maybe they mean like your current girlfriend who you're not living with. Okay, I get okay, I get that. Yeah. But like hmm. if you're actually living with somebody, then that's the ideal person to have a conversation with about a budget. So I think it's strangely phrased uh, to, to give it its most credit. Uh, but that's the basic story here. And this is something that you know people can take away something from if you aren't paying attention to your finances There's no better time than now to start doing that. It probably doesn't have to take a lot of your time uh, any given month, but you should be looking at your spending. You should be looking at, you know, what kind of credit cards do you have? I'm sure there's like some kind of like an app for that too, because like one thing I started to do because I was listening to Free Talk Live, I was like, maybe I should make myself a budget. And I tried to make one on like um, Excel Mm -hmm. and it wasn't really helping me. Like, I, I feel like I would have been better served if I looked up if there was, like, an app that does those things for you. I bet there is, yeah. Like, tells you how much you spent on what category. I mean, my, my right. bank kind of did that, but it was really bad. Like, it, was, it wasn't always accurate. It would be like, you spent this much on entertainment. And I'd be like, what? And I'd look at it and it's like, oh, well, this wasn't entertainment, you know. I mean, yeah. I've used some of these apps before. Like, mm-hmm. Clio is one of them. Uh, Dave is another. I think I would recommend between the two. Clio it's probably a little bit better. Uh Dave, they took $20 from me one month, and they weren't supposed to. I don't remember. Yeah. You know, they, they have a subscription fee, oh. and I don't remember exactly what the specifics were because this was like four years ago or whatever. But anyway, I was upset about it, so I would not recommend them. But Clio, they Clio do this. You have to pay for Clio, yeah. I don't recall. I, I would it's think if, you're, if you're having serious money issues, you shouldn't get one they need to pay for. If anything, just agree, get yeah. a paper and pencil. Well, and, it's likely a dollar or two per month, right? It, it's probably really cheap, reasonable. And well, it, prove to me you're of... going to help me first. Like, right. give me a free, you know, free trial or something like that, where I can see results. You're actually helping me cut back on a hundred dollars a month. Okay, you can have three of dollars, three dollars a month, or whatever. Yeah, right? you get these access to your bank accounts and you know your really? debit cards and stuff like that, and they just sort of monitor it. Like, okay, well, you went to you know Lab and Logger this Friday and you spent seventy bucks. That mm. seventy bucks on entertainment you didn't have to spend and. They do have a roast me mode that's pretty cool, where it's like, "Hey, you spent four hundred dollars at the bar this year," uh, and then you know, it'll roast you for that. So wow. they're wow. pretty cool. That's neat. Yeah, um, I, I would recommend it. The other thing is just like I would constantly be opening my bank and looking at the statement and seeing like if anything came out that I didn't know about, or just seeing like trying to visual or realize how much money I had left. And I know people who don't do that, and that oh, yeah. blows my mind. And, like, and that's one of the most basic things you can do. It's just at least once a month. Take no, the not time. once a month, like every day. Well, I mean, every day is even better, but uh, you know, once a month, once a week, or because something. Because something like could that. just come out, and you'd be like, "Oh my gosh, that came out!" And then you have you end up with a withdrawal fee because you didn't realize something yeah. came out, and you That's thought you true. had this much to spend. 
Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, uh, you know, back when we were doing Bitcoin uh, selling, if you weren't paying attention to that bank account every day, there's a good chance somebody steals your bank account information because you're giving it out to people to make deposits in your bank account. And they're just like, oh, I'm going to pay my car bill this month with your bank account. And they put your routing number and your account number into their car payment or whatever. And then all of a sudden you get a debit for $2,000 from Toyota. And you're like, what the hell's going on? It's and crazy. If, and if you don't jump on that right away... If you if you don't find that until a month later, it's actually too late. It actually gets very very difficult to challenge that. So if there's an unauthorized debit from your account, you want to be aware of that happening as soon as possible. So you can call the bank and say, "Whoa, this isn't my Toyota account. I don't know who this is." And then they reverse the charge. And then, but it takes time. And it's crazy how easy the American banking system makes this. Right? All you need is someone's routing, routing number, number and account number. And, and you have full, basically full access to their account. You yeah. can write checks from their account if you want. It's Th- crazy. That is, is so insecure. It's crazy. It, incredibly insecure. And this is one of the benefits of cryptocurrency because you don't give out your private key to anyone right. with cryptocurrency. In fact, it's hard to get your private key. And that's the thing that allows you to be able to spend uh, the crypto. If you b- give somebody a public crypto address, that's okay because all they can do is send you money. They can't authorize debits to come out of your account like like with these bank accounts so your advice is good advice i think uh, even though we're not financial advisors your suggestions are are good suggestions here is like pay attention to these things and if you feel overwhelmed maybe you have too many accounts right like maybe you know you've gone beyond the level that you can handle maybe you don't need five credit cards right maybe you only need one or none bonnie you said you don't even have a credit card now, of course, if you don't have a credit card, then you probably aren't building credit uh, unless like, you have a loan of some Are you sort. buying a house? Why else do you need credit? Well, most people are going to need to buy a house or a car at some point. Yeah, at some point. Although, you know, the, in my opinion, the best way to buy a car is to get a used car that you can afford to buy. That way you don't have car payments Sure. Uh, in, that, in that case. Personally, I've never had a, a car payment because I always just buy a car with, you know, with cash, essentially. I've but, done both, and you know, if you make the payment, it's not that big a deal. I mean, yeah, it's pretty. Probably it's pretty paying common. a little bit more in interest, but you know, it's. If you need to have a car, and that's the only way you can get it, then that's what you got to do. Luckily, I, I mean, I was really lucky in the fact that I had a dad who, uh, like, I had to ask him, but he uh, co-signed with me for my car once I destroyed my one car. Like, I just paid my mom cash for a car. That she had almost paid off. I just paid the rest of it off, mm-hmm. got that car. Then I destroyed it on accident. Oof. And a blink of an eye it was ridiculous. And I had to get another car. It had to be like a nicer car because I did Uber Eats. And I was mm-hmm. actually like happened to be in between jobs in that moment. Like I had to do Uber Eats. So it was like really scary. So my dad co-signed with me. Not everyone has that. So that's a good reason to have So that's credit. why you got the loan because you didn't have the credit. Your dad did it. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, so you know, credit—it's its kind of a stupid system, right? Like I yeah. had uh, the credit card that I have had for the last several years that I've paid every month on time, every time. They sent me a notice a few months ago saying, and I was surprised they even told me this much. They said we've become aware of an adverse court decision in uh, against you, really? and uh, we're going to cancel your credit card account because of it. Wow. <laughs> and uh, I'm also so, surprised I told you that much. Yeah. So now I have no credit card because uh, that was the only one that I had. And what was interesting was I went and I checked my credit report after that and my credit went down. So just because the account got closed, 
that actually hurts your credit score. So they say that one of the things you're supposed to do is once you get the credit card, always have that credit card. Just keep on having that credit card. And even if you don't use it that much, you know, like you put a gas, you know, fill up your gas pump or whatever so just here and there. Yeah. Just keep that credit card away. Keep it out there. You know, don't don't carry a balance like we're talking about here, but pay it off whenever you can pay it off. Doesn't matter if you don't use it much. Just the fact that it's there. And if you're paying it off on time, that contributes to your credit. But if they close the account or you close the account, credit score goes down. Okay. So there's like all these weird rules when it comes to, you know, the credit score system that they just don't teach you about, you know? And I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't figured, have thought that. I figured, oh, you know, I've always been good with paying this account. It's no big deal if I close it. Well, apparently it was like, I don't know, 50 points or something like that Whoa. worth of a big deal. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm not terribly surprised, though. I mean, the people who make the credit score rules, and I mean, they're they don't care about you. No, no. They well, they're, they're the credit people, right? right? Like they want to promote credit. Companies. They want to make money. Yeah. Uh, speaking of credit, a related story I've been holding on to for uh, like maybe a couple weeks here, waiting for. Uh, I think you guys are a good night for this one, and it's it's de- directly in line with what we were just talking about from Market Watch. More Americans are now using buy now, pay later services to pay for groceries. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. And we've talked about this buy now, pay later. Uh, Bonnie, it's something you've had some familiarity with in the past. Something that you've used to buy things that you were interested in. That That I didn't need, but I was like, oh, I can make it cheaper. Per month. It's still the same price, right? It's still the same price. yeah, Yeah. But I don't have to spend all my money right now. I'll spend less multiple times. And uh, the thing is, it doesn't have interest. If it had interest, I might have not been interested. Yeah, that is the sales pitch on the buy now, pay later that, hey, look, you're paying the same price. It's just you're spreading out the payments over these these four months or whatever. So, you know, it helps for budgeting in, in theory right now. Of course, once again, you cannot foresee what things are going to be happening to you in the next four months. So all of a sudden... Your power bill may uh, may jump up, and now you can't make the buy now, pay later payment, in which case then you will be paying interest because you miss a payment. So if you make all the payments on time, there's no interest. But if you miss a payment, then they are going to charge you interest. And so that's one of the ways they make money. Buy now, pay later, as we also learned, makes money from the companies that they do business with. Right. So when you're checking out it, I don't know oldnavy.com or whatever and it asks you if you want to do buy now pay later it's true you yourself are not paying an extra fee at least knowingly for that but behind the scenes behind the scenes old navy is paying like six percent of the transaction to the buy now pay later company for essentially getting them the sale I see this sort of crap out advertised all the time when I'm doing online mm-hmm. shopping or get this in four easy payments or whatever. Yep. And I've never really thought about that being, you know, get now, pay later or whatever it is. Yes. Guess who? That's stupid. Well, Just pay for it. Guess who uh, that appe- appeals to? People who don't have the money to, or the discipline? Gen mm-hmm. Z, is that what you're going to say? Yeah, young people, t- mm-hmm. typically young people, people who aren't paying attention, people who don't know what their finances are and who just want to kick the can down the road. And it's one thing if you can, I mean, Bonnie, in your case, you were at least paying attention to your finances to the to the extent to where you knew you could make these payments. Yeah, but I guess it is true that if like my car just suddenly crapped out on me yep. and I couldn't do Uber, then I would have been 
SOL, but sure, I guess sure. I'm just realizing tonight just how incredibly lucky I am. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, a lot of these people are getting into these situations now for groceries, and that's not good. We'll talk about why that is coming up here in a moment. Uh, the number 603-283-6160. These are dangerous systems to begin with for the reasons we just, some of the reasons we just specified. But it's one thing if you're buying a cute little, you know, tchotchke at the store that's not, like, not a big deal. But if you have to use this for your groceries, that's kind of scary. We're coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. We're talking about people's finances on an individual level and some critical mistakes that people are making. In many cases, younger people with their finances. Uh, You can join us here at 603-283-6160. Maybe you want to tell your story about how things were going wrong and maybe you got them back on the right track. Uh, If you want to share that with us, feel free. 603-283-6160. It's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. Let's go to your phone calls first, though. Sarah is on the line in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, you know, I just want to bring up the fact that they picked out 20 worst intersections, and they're going to give live red light camera tickets um, for red light camera violators. Weren't they already doing that? I'm avoiding seeing. I accidentally just blocked out everything Sarah said. Weren't they already doing red light cameras? No, no, we don't have. We just had speeding bans. But they're finding out since it's springtime, people are just running around and driving around. and. Oh, wait, wait. Didn't you tell us a few years back that they had red light cameras, but then they got rid of them because they were causing accidents? No, because they had an election. So all the people that got angry that were getting the tickets, they emailed and texted 30 of their friends. And then we had 3,000 more people that voted against it on a non-binding election. So, so wait, there was an actual go- question on the ballot asking if people wanted to keep red light cameras? That's correct. I voted on that election. It, it only stated, it only read red light cameras, not red light cameras and speeding. And what fans. was the percentage? And- How bad did that thing get defeated? Do you remember? Okay, so it, I remember, okay, 20,000 people voted against it. Mm-hmm. And 17,000 people like myself voted for it. So it's like a $3,000, I mean, 3,000 vote difference. So now they're talking about bringing them back? No. What they're going to do is uh, everybody, okay, what they want is they want a live officers to give up a ticket. And this will be more than uh, just going on your credit. Like cops, you about, go, go so to, I see go. why it is. The police want to do that because then that's more hours for the police. That's what well, it's about. It, it, it also gets them for points against your um, your license. And it, this time when the, when the police does it, it's going to go against your insurance company. Why also. couldn't they just change the rules? Who? Well, I mean, I think that they just tricked what, Sarah. Okay, okay. They say they don't want the red light cameras that only hurts go on your credit report, like you're talking about, the mm-hmm. credit. They, they got rid of that. They tore up the ticket, didn't pay. And so everybody had to bail them out. So they would say, I want a live officer to give me a ticket or live person because there's not any, we're short like 1,300 officers. There's no, and it's always, 
50 times you run so a how are they going to do this if they're short time. of a thousand officers how are they going to what have- she's saying sarah or ian is sarah is saying that the people who like running red lights or like speeding or whatever want it to be a live officer because it's going to be difficult for, for them to do that right That's sarah? correct but oh. the flip side of it is it when they catch you it will go against you could just, I mean, you, it will points on the driver's license. Eventually, enough of this, you'll lose your license for a year. Does okay, that make you feel excited? Well, I mean, I got excited enough to call you guys about <laughs> it, right? Because, look at, look at, here in New Mexico. Stop saying, almost, look at Sarah. <laughs> also, well, I cannot stress how much I don't care about your traffic in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah, me neither. Thank you, Sarah, for the call tonight. <laughs> that was a surprisingly good call, though, from Sarah, considering it's about traffic. But That's funny. I didn't God. even notice her saying, look it, but apparently she was yeah, doing no, that No, she always does that. She says, no, no, look it. It started, and I don't know anyone else that does that. It's like a little kid thing. It started a few weeks ago. Really? Because you didn't used to do it. But huh. now it's, look it, look it, look it. <laughs> Let's go to the phones here. David in New Mexico. Go ahead, David. Sarah has always done that. And that goes way back to, I don't know, decades and decades and decades ago. That was kind of a thing. Wow. Yes. And, uh, and I, I'm going to become a cop. Are you? Uh, you just really need yeah, the money, huh? Well, 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 because they, they, how come they get Bonnie Cam and I can't have Bonnie Cam? What? What does that mean? Body, you were talking about earlier there was a shooting and they had Bonnie Cam. Oh, body cams. Ha, ha, ha. I always oh, think that phone. songs that say body sound like they're saying Bonnie, like there's a song. Like, I like let the bodies hit the yes, floor? Yes, it sounds like let the bodies hit the floor, and I don't like <laughs> that. Hit the floor. Yeah, I don't like that. But um, one song is called Body, and I always, whenever I'm singing this song, I just sing Bonnie, Bonnie. <laughs> what else, David? Um, you, the, uh, something to look out for with, uh, your, your, your card accounts and, uh, vendors like your phone company, mm-hmm. but, but you let me tell you one thing. Um, squirrels are not, are not as dumb as you think. Um, I was camping one year and I, and I was sleeping in the back of my camper and I backed up, uh, to a, a spot. I backed, I backed into a spot and I woke up in the morning to somebody throwing rocks at, at my camper because mm-hmm. it was going boom, boom, yep. boom. Every, but every once every thirty seconds or so, the, the, a rock would hit my camper, and I'm like, "Who the hell is out there doing that to me?" And so I, I in, instead of getting out to, to find out what kind of psycho was doing that, I just laid there till it stopped. About ten minutes, fifteen minutes later, after about eight of them, nine of them had hit, and uh, and there was nobody. I went out, and there was nobody out there. I bet it was a big. Foot. And then all of a sudden, it started again, and it and it was this uh, little red squirrel, sixty feet up in a tree. And and he was dropping uh, ripe pine cones that were full of nuts, mm. and so these the point is these little squirrels are smart enough instead of going up getting a pine cone and then running all the way down the tree with the pine cone, they they have a a, a thought process where they're thinking ahead. They're they're going up there and dropping all of the pine cones, and then they're going down on the ground and collecting them, cleaning it up. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right, yeah. so what about the credit cards? Did you see the squirrel do it? Because I bet it was Bigfoot. <laughs> Well, yeah, actually, it was Bigfoot, and uh, but I, I don't want people to think I'm uh, more nuts than they already think I am, so I just <laughs> said it was a squirrel. No one thinks anything uh, about you, David. All right, the credit card thing. Say, Let's hear it. Say, what are you? I don't said worry. no one thinks anything about you. What about the credit card oh, thing? Let's hear oh, it. Oh, good. Th- thank you. Thank you for that punch, Aria. You're welcome. Um, the, what the credit card, what, what, to, what I'm not doing anymore, and other people may want to consider it, is... Uh, I have on. I either buy my new phones from Verizon, uh, my you know my phone vendor, 
Um, or I order it direct from, uh, I, I buy Motorola phones, or, or so I order it direct from Motorola. And I'm no longer going to buy it from Verizon because here's what Verizon did. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they, what, I, so I ordered a phone from Verizon because they gave me a deal. I, I, uh, they, they said that they would, uh, that there was a phone on special. Uh, they would take $760 off the full retail. It was like 900 and some. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then they would just put it on my, they would divide it by 36 months and just put the $7 a month on, on, on my bill. Okay. And so when they, so they sent me the phone and then I noticed on my bill, they're charging me $35 a month for the phone. Oh. And, and I, and I called up and I'm like, you know, what's up with that? And, and, uh, or actually it was $25 a month. And what they had done, in, instead of uh, uh, giving me, the, the salesperson told me 760 bucks off. And then when I called up, they, they had only taken 350 bucks off instead of 760. Mm. And, I, and I'm like, well, what's up with that? And they said, oh, well, it wasn't 760 off. It was up to 760 uh, off. Wow. With, based with, on what? Yeah. Based on the phone that you sent them in trade, your old uh, phone. Okay. And, Scum. and, and the, but the sales the salesperson very clearly uh, did not say that, and I re- record all Slimy. my phone calls, and so I can prove it. But that's so. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to are you going to send it back, or what's the plan? I, I'm I'm why well, I spent fourteen hours on the phone with them over a period like two an hour and a half to two hours of phone call. Uh, for enough Man. calls that it added up to 14 hours, and I recorded them all, and they still couldn't get it straightened out because they're 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 basically unintelligent people that they have working there, and so they can't figure it out. And then they tell you that they're going to do something, and it, they say, "Okay, we're going to do this to your bill," and it'll take two or three bill cycles to appear, <laughs> and it never ever right. Appears. Then you got to wait three through. months before you can call them back. Man, dealing with cell phone companies yeah, can terrible. really suck. Thank you for the call, David. I appreciate the story. People uh, that tonight. don't care having to you know yeah. deal with the public and just the scummy kind of oh sign up you get these deals and then the deal wasn't what you thought it was. I always and... just keep my phones off Amazon. I never get the newest phone. Yeah, I can't imagine spending a thousand dollars on a phone. I just can't. I never I, like I would never consider it. To me, like it's like when you buy a computer uh, and you're doing that's what you're doing. You get a phone, by the way. Yeah. The phone's just a small computer. Uh, when you buy a computer, I never buy the top of the line computer. You always go for like the mid range because you get the best value per gigahertz or ba- value per, you know, amount of RAM or whatever. Like you per dollar that you spend, you get a better value in the sort of sweet spot in well, the when middle. You build your own anyway. That's what I mean. Okay. Yeah. When you, well, I'm sure it's, it's true. I think also of the pre builts. But uh, certainly when you build your own, you don't get the highest end no. processor. You get the mid-level one that's, like, not too expensive. And no and one needs the high-end no. processor. No, almost no almost no one does. Uh, so the same thing's true with these phones. It's like you don't need the balls-to-the-wall crazy new $1,000 phone when a $200 phone is going to be able to run every single app that the other phone can run. Yep. If you go too cheap, then you're probably going to have some issues, right? Like, you know, you can get a phone for 30 bucks, but... You can't like do Uber Eats if you have a thirty dollar phone, right? There's something certain, like that. Certain apps that aren't going to work on it, and it's going to not have enough RAM. You won't be able to put as much stuff on there as you want to. But if you go in the middle of the range for like three, two to three hundred bucks, you're probably fine. And then if you go on Amazon and you get one of the the refurbs, you can get a two hundred dollar phone sometimes for like a hundred bucks or one hundred and fifteen bucks. 
I mean, and and in my experience, refurbs work fine. So again, talking about ways to yeah. cut down on the amounts that you're spending on things, but then you own the phone, and in many cases, you can move that phone from one service provider to another. You don't even have to like it's not obligated to that one network. You can go somewhere else, which again helps you keep the prices down. So uh, we're talking about people and making poor decisions financially. Buy now, pay later is definitely one of them. Uh, according to MarketWatch, the concept has exploded in popularity in recent years. Americans have been using this form of lending in which the cost of a purchase is typically divided into four payments over several weeks or months to buy everything from clothes to Peloton bikes. But now there's a new trend. Well, people those are, are expensive, by the way. Yeah. People are using the payment method for smaller items like groceries. Buy now, pay later, referred to in the payments industry as BNPL, is a new spin on the concept of layaway. It allows consumers to get the product up front, divide their payment into installments paid over a longer period with little or no interest as long as they make their payments on time. And then they uh, mentioned some of the companies that are doing this. Afterpay, Klarna, Affirm, PayPal's Afterpay, doing it. Afterpay, that's like the main one that came out first, and I can never remember the name. For some reason, I always remember Klarna, which is like a newer so one. Swedish or something, I think. But yeah. Afterpay was like the first one. And a one company called Zip. In the first two months of 2023, the share of online grocery orders made using Buy Now, Pay Later grew by 40%. Ooh, that's so not good. Compared with the same period a year ago, according to data released by Adobe Analytics. The overall rise in BNPL online orders, meanwhile, grew by 10% over the same period, and overall online BNPL revenue fell by 19%, meaning the even though the number of orders is increasing, the average dollar amount for each order has fallen. The trend may be partly due to the fact that Americans are simply spending more money on groceries online. Online grocery spending grew by nearly 27% year over year to $8.4 billion in February. Online grocery spending like from Amazon? Well, this is I one guess of I the... just don't think to do that a lot. This is what I was going to ask as well. Does this mean people using... What's that company that Dave in New York worked for for like five minutes where he went Instacart. to... The... That's it. Yeah, Instacart. It's like the Uber of groceries, yeah. right? Where you put That's together... what I thought of first, but then I thought of like... Sometimes Aria has just ordered a specific grocery item from Amazon. Mm-hmm. So I thought that might be what they mean. I think that would count. I mean, Amazon has almost everything except like fresh milk, right? Like you just can't get produce and you can't get cold items from Amazon, right? I just never think to do that. I'm always like, oh, I got to keep looking around in the stores around Keene to see if they got this thing I saw on the internet. But I never really think to go to Amazon. I mean, maybe Amazon added those categories recently, but I remember looking previously and they didn't have them, but that may it may have been a few years ago that I was I was looking at that. So, like, you want pantry items, you can get all that stuff from Amazon. Oh, actually, Amazon. there is another thing that Amazon does that, like, my oldest brother, he's, like, on meth, or at least he used to be. So my mom, to help him out without, like, it, enabling him would give him, like, a certain amount of grocery, like, a gift card that could only buy groceries from Amazon. Really? Something like that. Huh. I don't know if it was a gift card, but something like that. A restricted gift card somehow. Or maybe she would just send him groceries from Amazon. I don't know. Well, I do want to say that just because Amazon has the thing doesn't mean that's the best place to get the thing. Right. You know, a lot of people presume, oh, if it's on Amazon, it must be cheaper. Like the uh, cheapest. Uh, uh. No, no, no. We were looking, Bonnie and I were looking for uh, Valentina hot sauce. hot sauce recently, which we both love. It's like the cheapest, the most like 
it's plentiful. The best. It's I mean, it's not the hottest sauce, but it, it just tastes so good. It's very flavorful. It comes from Mexico, so it's an actual in, it's an import product. Okay. And it's cheap. It's just so cheap. Like you can just put it on everything and it just lasts for a long time because you, you can get these 34 ounce bottles of it, which are a very large you know, bottle. Sure. And, and like, then you can get the extra hot when it's a little hot. Yeah. The extra hot's the way I, I don't even know if I've ever had the not the, <laughs> whatever the regular one is. But if you go to Walmart, you'll get there's like a 16 ounce bottle that might they might have maybe you, that's typically the size. But if you want, well, to get the you're talking ounce, about in New Hampshire, in in Texas, I could go to Walmart and get, get whichever 34s. one I wanted. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, you can order these online from Amazon, and we were like, all right, well, you know, if you're going to order it online, you might as well get a few bottles because yeah. you got to pay the shipping cost. But they wanted like the exact like we totaled it up, and it was like 25 bucks for the bottles but then like $25 shipping on top of that. You don't have Amazon Prime? No. I don't know if it would have qualified and no we don't. Uh-huh. Uh cuz uh anyway. So, but then we found another place. Yeah, I would place. not order anything on Amazon if I didn't have Amazon Prime. Yeah. And then we found another place that sold the bottles for like 4 bucks a piece and with a like a, a cheap shipping rate, we saved 25 bucks. And it was shocking cuz it was like a small not uh chain store in San Antonio that we ordered to our house in New Hampshire. Yep. I had never heard Very of them. Cool. But we also got some of my favorite Mexican candies because we were looking at the website. But you got to shop around. I mean, you can't just, again, this is just basic uh, consumer stuff here. You don't yeah. just buy it all in one place and if you're looking a, to save some money. Another topic about like related to this stuff is like, I think that it's unfair to judge a young single woman the same way like for handling finances the way same way you judge a young single male because Why? it's like because their brains are different i literally aren't, won't wait, 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 think wait. to do things that ian does hold on aren't women supposed to be developed sooner than men not in the same ways therefore shouldn't women be judged Emotion, harsher no like the thing is like women develop emotional understanding quicker than men not let me look on the internet for you, four hours, wasting my time when I could be doing my makeup. <laughs> are you saying that men are more financially capable than women? By I nature? think so. By nature? I don't know if I buy that. I think so. I, I feel like I... It's just about Whenever I was raised. like in between boyfriends, I feel like I was doing stupid things. Hmm. And then I'd have a boyfriend, they'd be like, you shouldn't be doing that. That's stupid. And I'd be like, oh... I don't know. I, I think it's how with you're my raised. money specifically. I, I blame I blame parents for how people spend money and how they handle their 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 money. They didn't teach you don't teach teach your kids how money works. You don't teach them how to save. You don't teach them good spending habits. Then they're going to have bad habits until they figure it out. I think that most people you know know how to save. Then that that would be sort of my point here. That they know how, right? Mm-hmm. They're but not. They're not because they don't see the benefit in delaying gratification. Mm. Right? Oh, it's going to get worse with hyperinflation. That then was there's definitely no, a then pro- there's no reason to save. That was definitely a problem of mine, but also it was just like I didn't have the, I don't know what it is to sit on the internet and compare the which one was the best water f- head filter if mm-hmm. I was going to buy a water filter like Ian. <laughs> well, it's good to research what you're going to buy, right? If, especially so. if you don't know about the the thing you're buying. Especially if you're on a limited budget as well. 
So back to buy now, pay later. Uh, they're saying here that the online grocery spending has grown uh, 27% year over year to $8.4 billion in February. Other categories were also popular for people buying now and paying later. Home furnishing pur- purchases grew by 38% and apparel purchases by 8%. Electronic purchases, though, fell by 14%. Again, we're talking about just buy now, pay later uh, purchases. See, here. this is the opposite of what I would expect. I would expect electronics and clothing to be way, way up, while everything else would be way down. Apparel was the largest category that consumers used BNPL for from 2019 to 2021. That's not the only thing I've ever seen it on, is usually like clothing stores. But orders made up more than 50% of all orders, apparel orders made up more than 50% of all orders in 2021 using BNPL. Uh, why are people using BNPL for groceries? Well, high prices are driving consumers toward these services. The rise in grocery orders using BNPL is also a sign that consumers are buying go- groceries in bulk online and use li- utilizing special promotions. Well, isn't that smart? It can if that's be. That's the, really the case. If you're if you're getting a better price and if it doesn't go bad on you, like if you buy in bulk but then you don't eat the product before it goes bad, then you've just thrown a bunch of money down a hole. So you do have to be careful. Uh, the pandemic also drove some grocery shopping online. Inflation rate was 6% higher in February than a year ago, but grocery prices soared 10.2% over the same year or over the same period, according to government data. And we all know that those numbers are inaccurate. Across income levels, households are cutting back on spending and finding different ways to manage costs, including dining out less, always a good plan, and taking advantage of discounts and store promotions. People who use BNPL for purchases tend to be more financially distressed than non-users, according to a March report, which means they are the last people who should be using buy now, pay later. If you are, quote unquote, financially distressed, that means you are stretched too thin. You can't make all your payments on time. You don't have enough money in the bank to make these payments. And so, therefore, it is incredibly risky as Bonnie pointed out, you don't know when the you know alternator is going to go bad in your car, and it's obviously more important to get your car fixed than to pay for your clothing purchase at the buy now pay later. But that means you're going to then pay the interest price on the buy. I now, would suggest pay later. that buy now pay later shouldn't even exist because, as you mentioned, the kind of person using it is exactly the kind of person who, who isn't financially secure enough to be using it. So. If you are financially secure enough to be using you don't it, need it, then you don't need it. There's also more, uh, th- the same person who uses Buy Now, Pay Later are also more likely to be an active user of, surprise, other credit products such as payday loans and credit cards, the report added. People earning from twenty dollars to $50,000 a year, as well as black, Hispanic, and female consumers Told you. tend to be more regular users of Buy Now, Pay Later. Is it true what Bonnie's saying here are women less financially intelligent than men. Is that something to do with being a female or does it have to do with how they're raised? You know, well, I, it definitely know. has to do with how you're raised. Like, but then again, I don't know because my older sister is so much dumber at finance than me. Like she'll, she's always saying stuff like, well, it just shouldn't be that way. It's like, that's not going to change <laughs> that it sh- is. Yeah. But wow. and she had the same parents Shout as me. At the wind. I remember one time just getting in a fight. Me, me and my dad were on the same side, and she was on the opposite side. About I can't remember the exact details, but it was so. I was so. It was like the first time I realized like she's actually so dumb, and um, 
it was because she was saying like my dad was trying to tell us something about being financially intelligent having to do with cars and she was just like I don't remember what she was saying but she was like it just shouldn't be that way so I would just do this it was like a hypothetical situation Mm -hmm. but anyways we had the same dad telling us the same thing Hmm. she just did the avoidance thing and wouldn't like accept that she was wrong she's also crazy yeah that's true so I mean that may be a factor there it could be and I mean just because you have the same parents doesn't mean the parents raised you the same way that's true yeah, maybe they made some mistakes with her. She's older. Just by like a they, year. They got it right with you. Consumer advocates are concerned about the risks associated with BNPL, which are usually less regulated, as though that would make any difference whatsoever, uh, than credit card services. Because, oh, the credit card services are just so good for people because of the regulations. The ridiculous. payday loan thing and credit cards, they're all regulated. Yeah. And, they, and, and you they're know, still screwing people. Debit card overdrafts are all regulated, and they screw people over all the time. And not surprisingly, buy now, pay later services charge extremely high interest rates if consumers don't repay their loan on time. Quote, while a pay-in-for plan doesn't usually charge interest, the longer-term plans may charge an APR of up to 30 percent according to nerd wallet in 2022 fees like for late or rescheduled payments range from one to ten dollars and are sometimes capped at 25 percent of the purchase value depending on the company if you're struggling to pay your bills or start an emergency fund steer clear of buy now pay later because of the convenience it's a big price to pay and you may end up overspending quite a bit uh out of time for tonight We will continue tomorrow. You can join us online in the meantime over at freetalklive.com. Join our social media at social.freetalklive.com. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com